No introduction, just two strange dudes met each other for the first time. You guys are witnessing it. Bam, we're live. A giant dude and a midget. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for doing this. Of course. Thanks for having me. Did you recommend a book that's called... Of course, I don't have my phone here with me. I just started. I just started reading this new book, and I'm trying to figure out who recommended it. And I'm trying to figure out if I was watching some podcasts you were on and you recommended it. it the, the author's name is Bob Rotella. Mm-hmm. That is you. Yep. Yeah. How champions think. Yeah. I just started. It's a good okay, read. Say it again. I just said it's a good read for sure. Holy cow! Holy cow. Um, do you have a favorite when you think of that book, do you have a favorite story in there? Like a, like a, one of his anecdotal stories? Uh yeah. Um he talks about Tiger um like blocking out distractions uh-huh. by like putting and doing things while the TV's playing or like while other things are going on in the background. I'm pretty sure this story was about putting and TVs. Um but that like learn that like taught him how to block out anything external um and so like whenever i'm going through the uh, days in the gym or just like going through monostructural and you know you get some crappy music on or you get kids yelling dogs barking whatever um i always think back to that and i'm like all right if tiger could putt with you know fans roaring or the tv blasting um i can get through this piece um there's this story my my um my wife was in India for six months taking a back bending course, like how you learn how to stand and then you just bend all the way backwards and grab your ankles. Trip trippy, right? Doesn't yeah, seem like human should very. do that. <laughs> but so she's India and she's sharing she's she's roommates with two other people. And one of her and she's downstairs with one of her housemates, and one of her other housemates is upstairs, and her housemates comes running down the stairs and goes, Can you guys be quiet? I'm trying to meditate. And the premise of meditation is to watch your mind. It doesn't matter whether it's noisy or quiet, but it's to watch your mind and your and sensations in your body and not react to them. It doesn't matter if yeah. a, a, a car is honking its horn outside or your neighbor's fucking in the room next door. Like it's all about being present for it all. True. And so it's a, it kind of reminds me of that, right? That whole book is like there's some really deep, deep shit in there about reprogramming your subconscious. Yeah. Well, and that's what I I like about golf, right? Is like golf is a super, super technical sport. And there are so many different variables to every single shot. Like when you listen to guys break it down, like Phil Mickelson or uh, Bryson DeChambeau, like the science that they put into golfing is fucking absurd. And it's kind of the same as CrossFit, right? Like there is like you got guy on Fikowski who signs the shit out of workouts and like break down a movement to it's very like, and there's so many different ways that you can do a movement. Like you can do thrusters paired with anything else in the world. Um, so I think that there are a lot of ways that you can like a lot of things that you can pull from, you know, how golfers train, how golfers mentally prepare. Um, yeah. There's a lot of carryover into the sport. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you about that too, where some of these ideas that I'm seeing in this book, how you are implementing them, but we had who day on, um, uh, Andre who on for just a couple minutes the other day after he won, he was walking like to a after party and he said something that I, that I think I, 
I've always known, but I just didn't realize the value of it until it came out of some his mouth. That basically, for him, being good at CrossFit is about... I'm not going to be able to... He, he used a better word than master. Master is too ambiguous. But it was to master every movement, to be as efficient as you can in every single movement mechanically. Yeah. He talks about economy a lot. Like economy maybe that's economy. it too yeah 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 i love andre but yeah dude he's totally right i mean there are so many different things that you have to be good at but you have to like know how to it's just like a putt right you have to know exactly how much power to give for each different putt it's just like a workout right like if you're doing a chipper with 50 reps you got to give a little bit more effort than a 21 59 where you're just all out sprinting so it's a very interesting sport for sure. Oh, would an example of that be? It's funny. I'm going to use the. I'm going to use the the pull up as the example. The example of that would be whether obviously that the bars at the height that you train at because that's where you're most efficient. But also, mm-hmm. would it be like not to get too much chin over the bar? Like, hey, you're using too much energy. Hey, all you need this is the range of motion. Yeah, this is for this sure. is it at the bottom. This is it at the top. Yeah. And especially in competition, right? Like you kind of, you know, this, you kind of teeter that line of like what of doing enough to get the rep and to get credited for the rep, but not to, I mean, there's no reason I have to do a chest bar and touch like, you know, below my tits every single right. time. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, part in that book, where he talks about uh, a ba- I don't know baseball at all, but he talks about a baseball player named Greg Maddox, and he says he's like an incredible pitcher. And he says that the the baseline for just like an ass pitcher in Major League Baseball is ninety miles an hour. You have to have that. But this guy in his prime didn't have a ninety mile an hour pitch, and yet he was one of the greatest, if not the greatest pitcher to ever live. And he made up for it with uh, accuracy. Mm. He could hit it, at the, mm-hmm. get the ball anywhere on the plate at any time, and uh, and. Um, speed change of the ball, which is just crazy to me. It, yeah, can't wrap my head around some of those. <laughs> no, things. I can't wrap my head around that either. Um, and then and then, but 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 when I heard these, I was wondering how you apply. I couldn't think of ways to apply that to CrossFit. I, you, you've you've now brought up a couple. Um, and I'm not that far into the book. I'm I'm listening to it, and I'm a, it's an eight hour listen. I'm about two hours into it. But the other thing that that really is the driving point so far in the first two hours of this book is that you should always want to be the best. Yeah. I think that's pretty, yeah, that's, that's, um, but it's crazy. Yeah. But anybody who, who endeavors or, you know, who goes down the endeavor that we do right at a professional level, obviously you're putting, all of your, you're pushing all of your chips into something. Um, right. And I don't know why you would go out to a competition or like train every day and do make all the sacrifices that we do. If you're, if you don't want to be the best, like if you're not doing well, it, to be the you best, hear dudes you say all the time, I just want to make it to the games or I just want a podium. And I had a dude on the other day who's an insane. I had a dude on yesterday who's an ins- or two days ago who's an insane basketball player. Right? He's he's six mm-hmm. two and he wants to go to the M- and he's in the NBA finally. He's in their G League, and uh, but his go- he made these goals in like sections. I want to be a Division One scholarship athlete. I want to go to the NBA. Like he mm-hmm. didn't. 
but why not just set it right away to be like, Hey, I want to be, be the six time CrossFit games champion and, um, and, uh, talk shit about Matt Fraser when I'm on the podium. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think you have to have, you have <laughs> to have the kind of timely or, or just like, uh, obviously being the best is going to be your end goal. Right. And like when you get to the end of your career, you want to be able to say that, but along the way there have to be, you know, different little check marks that you hit, right. And different things that you can accomplish um, and that you can set your sights towards. So I talk about this with, I've talked about this with my dad before. He's always given me the example of like, when you're driving down the road towards your goal, obviously that's the end destination, right? Like that's plugged into the GPS, but along that way, you know, you're going to come across potholes. You're going to come across stuff running in front of you. You're going to have cars stopping and starting and all that kind of stuff. So you have to be like constantly aware of what's happening right in front of you, right? Like have a, not a three foot focus, but have like a pretty uh, close focus with your goals. And so I feel like that's exactly, you know, what that, what that basketball player is doing or like even what I do, right? Like I want to be the best. I want to be the best I can be. Um, and so there are a couple of different like checkpoints that I want to hit along that way. So, yeah, I think it's an, that's just an interesting part of goal setting. Did you ever have a drive that you did that was like, you did it every day or five days a week and it was like 40 miles each direction? Mm, 40? No, no, not really. I, I had, I had one of those for years and, um, and, and that those trips are always breaking down, broken down into sections. Like this right, section, like you hit one the landmark, fat, and then yeah, and there's like different things in there. One time I did 120 here. This is the spot where I locked up the brakes. Oh, this is the place where I always want to pass the traffic. I know people. Th- this is where all the dumb shits get on the freeway. Go over here. Like it was like right. broken down into like little countries, like little like yeah, like a video game. But you're right. There were like, and then and then when you're in the last segment, you're like, oh shit, I'm almost there. I should, you know, like I'm about to go into the classroom. I should make sure, you know, I'm ready. Yeah, but then you like look back. You get to you get to the classroom, and then you're like, yeah. okay, cool. Like I made it, like I did it, I did what I wanted to, but yep. I wouldn't have been able to do that until I passed this thing or until I, you know, hit 120 on this, on this straightaway. Yeah, for sure. There's, he, he describes the, the lifestyle of these athletes is like almost, um, monastic. Monastic. That, that, um, that's a term I'll, I'll look up exactly what it means, but, but basically you, you become a, a you're, you're, you're a, um, you're a, I'm too smart for myself too. You're a, you're basically a man of uh, relating to monks, nuns, or others living under religious vows. So th- what do you think about that? Yeah. He says, he says, he says, so he, I never think of myself as confident ever, ever, ever. I've never in my head, man, I'm a confident person. I, I think probably the opposite. I think, holy fuck, I'm so fucking insecure. Like, that's how I kind of live. But but it comes out of my mouth so easily that I'm going to be the greatest podcaster, comedian who ever lived, like from the, like how I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I just, it just comes out of my mouth. It's just the goal. Yeah. There can't be any other way. And there's right. only, and these people who are great, there's, he says in the book, there's only three things that really matter to these people consistently. The really great ones. Their health, their family, and whatever their practices and right. outside of that they're kind of like fuck you and i was like wow that's me i only care the, like i spend six hours a day on my podcast and six hours a day with my boys yeah and then and, I, and then when, and anywhere i can squeeze in like if they're running sprints i run sprints i just make sure that i work out with them or whatever they're doing i try to do it right and that sounds kind of like your, your life what i said is that for your health 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Or like like when I'm preparing for Matt DeLugos, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get on the assault bike and watch like an hour worth of interviews he's done in the past. Oh, but, like, but there I has like to that, be yeah. there has to be that crossover. Yeah. And other than that, it's just sleep. Yeah. Hey, um, is, is that, would you say that sums up your life too? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's, there's not much else outside of CrossFit. Um, which is fine. I love it. Like I love the sport. Um, I love the idea of becoming the best version of myself. And I know that there's a lot left in that tank of possibility. So I don't know why I'm talking with my hands, but, um, I know that there's a lot left in that tank of possibility. So I think that it's a really, really cool pursuit too, because it's like, you're literally trying to see how good of a human being, like how good of a machine of a human being you can become, which is crazy to see some of the things that are possible but um it's just a really yeah it's it's a it's kind of like a modest endeavor like you just you get up you work out you eat a lot of food you stretch walk my dog a lot and that's about it i'm looking up the word mod- modest like it's not, fancy, it's not flashy it's not well right like, you What's know, especially is- in Vegas, right? Like, you don't see me, like, like you know, I'm not, like, wearing, like, I mean, I have a necklace, but I'm not wearing, like, big diamond <laughs> rings and, like, gold chains. And, you know, I'm not, like, in Gucci walking around or going to the club spending a bunch of money and crap like that. Like, you know, I, I'm sure there's a time for that. But until you get to the top, like, I mean, you can't, there's not much celebrating to do right now, you know? What necklace do you have? It's a wing. It's this little gold chain with a a wing pendant. Why do you have that? Do you listen? Um, there's an artist, a musical artist named Mac Miller. Um, oh yeah, he passed away now. Yep. But he has this song called Wings, and so for me, it's it's a reminder to find something beautiful every day. That like no matter how the day went, if I can find something beautiful in that day, that's gonna lift up my spirits. That's gonna lift me up to you know, to realize that like life is beautiful, right? Like life is such a gift for everybody. Yeah. You think I'm going to get in trouble for playing this? Never been real. I'm so damn good where I'm at. I don't know what it's all about. Running through the many thoughts to count. I'm a huge rap fan, but I don't, I don't know any Mac Miller stuff. I just, I just, when he died was the first time I'd heard of him. Yeah. This is a great album. Um, I don't know your musical taste. The Divine Feminine is really good. Um, I like the name of it. Something. Yeah. Like the name great of music. Great, great music. You work out to it? Yep. yep. And you're in, it's nice and, and mellow. In, say it again? I said it's nice and mellow. It's like very relaxing. In your interview with Jared, I saw you do this thing where you close the door from the top. And I have this very, very, very close friend who's, who's, who's also 6'4", and he's the only other human being I've seen do it. And I just remember in high school, he would always do that, and it would make me – one, I'd be like, wow, that's something I'll never do, close the door from the top. And, man, that makes me anxious because there's, ti- oh. there's the timing component. you got to get your hand out of there. I mean, that door is open. Do you want to No, no, that's it? good. No, 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 I'm good. I'm not anxious <laughs> right now. But I saw you do that. I was like, wow, I've only seen one other human being. The world. Yeah, I do that a lot. I don't know why. Close the door from the top. Easy. It's 
probably you know it's dusty you know it's well. dusty up there too you're the only person who ever touches up there i always have to wash, wash my fingers off <laughs> after you close the door like that yeah. how, how old are you matt i just turned 25 quarter of a century do you feel a, a clock ticking do you feel young or do you feel old or do you feel um you're running out of time or, or, or... i feel that clock from stranger things no, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh. I feel great. I don't notice that stuff at all. <laughs> I don't even really, sometimes I don't even really remember how old I am. Like when people ask me, I'll be like, uh, 25. It just doesn't, I don't think about it ever. Are, are, are you, do you feel healthy? Like the healthiest you've ever felt? Yeah. I feel great. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what it, it's kind of like to be, um, to be 25. There's a, um, what do you think about all the young guys in your sport? The young guys and girls, do you think of them as young? Like, Oh shit. There's that, that dude's only 22. Like, well, like, isn't the champ, how old Justin Medeiros? He's only 22, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever I got into CrossFit, I got in at a younger age. So like my first couple of years competing on a team, I was like 18, 19 years old. And so I was always like, Oh, I'm the young one. Like I'm, I'm young in the sport. I'm young, whatever. Um, even whenever I would go train, like when I met Carrie for the first time and met Bethany and Danielle, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm young. And now you see guys like Dallin and James and like Emma Carey and even Alex Gazan, 20 years old. It's like, what the hell? These kids, like, I mean, like seriously, these kids, like they're good. Like they're really, really good. Like those boys down at the brute camp are insane for being 20. It's and ridiculous. there's people, Madera seems 22, but in the interviews I see like Alex Gazan, she's like a woman already. Yeah, she's she seems, very. She sure. seems like wise and mature and shit. I'm like, holy cow. She's definitely. She definitely has like her ditzy side still. You'll see when you talk to her. Can't wait. But yeah, she's she is composed, you know. And I think that that's kind of a trait among you know crossfitters, right? It's like you're kind of in a in a situation that is a little bit more mature. Like you've got moms going to your classes, or you've got you know you're, you're teaching a six year old man how to squat, and it's like you're kind of forced to be a little bit more mature, even just as far as like how you communicate with them. So, yeah, that that's interesting. You said that at 20, I would have never, ever fucking hung around anyone who's 50 or 60. But if you're a CrossFitter, not only are you in a class with a Filipino to your right and a guy to your left wearing a turban, you're also with two grandmas and a, and a, it's the whole, the yeah. Class, and then the other class is the whole smorgasbord. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a very interesting dynamic being in a CrossFit gym. So I think like these kids that have been there since their teens, and that's just like natural to them, right? Like they talk to they talk to you the same no matter what your background is, what your age is, anything like yeah. that. Yeah. My mom used to tell me that um she didn't go to the the at her first gym. This is a bunch of years ago. She's 78 now, but she used to not go to the um uh weekend partner classes like every weekend her gym had partner classes because she felt bad like she was slowing someone down i'm like mom they don't give no one gives a fuck that mm -hmm. just means they have to work harder in there if they get more rest that means they just get a different stimulus and they just work harder in their section and now she gets it it's like yeah yeah and i don't really know anybody that ever went hard on those partner workouts like usually <laughs> that was like social hour like people just yeah <laughs> the whole time it, um you, you're you're training under justin kotler and it's underdogs athletics. Correct. And would you would you say that in 
like in this book um, that uh, Bob Rotella wrote, that you have that, um, what I think is the special sauce is just persistence. Yeah. Um, Do it. Say it, Matt. Well, well, so this, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if, do you, mm, there's a CrossFit video. There's a CrossFit video that talks about patience. I don't know like what your relationship is. If you love like CrossFit, hate it or pissed off, whatever, but Uh, think of me as an angry little man. Okay. That's fair. (laughs) And that's what I figured, but I I love, I love CrossFit. It it saved my life and it saved my family's life and it changed. It's um, by saved. I mean, it's, it's, it's the great, it's, it's it's one of, besides being born, it's one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. It it allows me to live longer and do good things on this planet. Yeah. My mom and my kids and my wife. I mean, shit doesn't get better than that. Which is like, I think. And it made me wealthy. And it made me wealthy. Don't forget about that. That's important too. Yeah. Yes. But I think if you ask anybody, that's definitely, or at least like at this much, with this much involvement in CrossFit, it's like, yeah, it definitely saved, it saved my life. Like I was not going to be down, going down this path. Um, anyways, what were we talking about? You were going to say about, something. You were going to say something. I want to see if I, if you can remember and if I can get it out of you. We were talking oh, about, go ahead. Yes. Sorry. I know. Uh, it was, there's a patience video um, that just talks about like, you know, the, the patience that it takes to become successful. Um, and I think if you look at any great athlete like Matt Frazier, for sure, but you know, you go into other sports and you look at Tiger Woods or you look at, you know, a Kobe Bryant that puts in 10,000 hours into their craft. Um, that's where I feel like I'm at. It's like working towards that 10,000 mark. Um, and I know that, you know, if I stick with it long enough, good things will come. Um, and I think if you look at the guys who are really good, like, they have stuck with it. Like, you know, I saw a statistic that there's nine or that there's three athletes with nine games trips this year, which is crazy. Um, and that seems like something that continues to happen, right? It's like these guys, like Travis Mayer, right? I, like he was a great dude. I loved, you know, being able to compete with him at Granite Games. Um, and just talking to him about like the process of what it's been like, he started in 2013 or maybe before then, but made it to the games in like 2013, 2014. And it's like crazy to think about eight years later, he's still doing it. Like he's still going back. He's got four kids and he's still, you know, kicking ass across it, like making us look silly. Um, so I think it is one of those things where if you are really bought in and you just continue to put in that work day after day, like it'll, it will come. That when he talks about persistence in the book, I'm tripping a little bit because he talks about burnout with other athletes. But what I think I did, I, th- I think I hurt myself. I think, and he, and he talks about like the importance of like, even though, even though it's not enough, just if you want to be the best golfer in the world, it's not enough to golf three hours a day. He still says like, you know, he has no problem if every six weeks you want to take a week off. But I, th- I think with myself, like I hurt myself. I was getting up in the morning doing a workout, then in the afternoon doing a workout, and then at night before I go to bed do a workout, and just stupid mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Like deadlifting every single day. Yeah. And with 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 CrossFit, I feel like there's a, a level you have to be persistent, but you have to um, part of that persistence has to be healing. Yeah, very much. I've noticed that my entire 
routine has changed to pretty much revolve around recovery. Um, like the little things that we talk about and the things that we want to be consistent with, like I trust Justin with all of my strength and like every, every programming piece, you know, you like, do. get me. He, enough. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back yeah. to that. I'm going to make a note. I want to ask you about that. I always wondered what Justin does. Okay. So he's okay. a, he's a giant brain. He's a big brain. Okay. Big brain. Um, but so recovery, oh, recovery. I, yeah. So like a lot of my routines now are focused on, you know, uh, are focused on getting the most out of my body and getting the most to be able to go back in the gym the next day and perform. So it's like being consistent with, with those things too makes a huge difference. Yeah. A world of difference. I mean, it's crazy. There, there's a friend of mine who I, I think took second place at one of the CrossFit games. And um, he told me that he would have won the CrossFit games if he didn't ha- smoke so much weed. He said he was smoking weed like 10 times a day. And, and in that book, it talks about like, if you're having any struggles or hiccups, it's because you have some bad habits mm-hmm. that you need to change and get rid of. Like, do you, are you constantly like watching those too? like, make sure no bad habits sneak in? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like Carrie, um, it's super Carrie, simple. Carrie, Carrie Pierce, right? Yeah. Carrie Pierce. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so KP and I were talking about that one day. And she put it really simply because Carrie's just a very like simple but stoic person. And so she was just like, yeah, whenever I was do whenever I would do stuff, I would just like ask myself, is this helping me towards my goal? And if it wasn't, then I just, then I wouldn't do it. Mm. And I was like, oh, is that simple? Cool. But when you think about it like that, right? Like, you know, it, it, it does kind of make sense. Like, do you want to be out at the club, out, like out at a bar all night or, or going downtown on the strip? Um, or do you want to be making it and winning the CrossFit games? And I think if you think about it in terms of that, like if you think about it big picture and you realize like some of the things that do serve you and some of the things that don't, um, it makes all those decisions really easy. I, man, you nailed it. Every, every single, um, story, every, everything that happens in my life now, whether it's me doing it or someone else doing it is, is I turn into moving things forward. So I'll give you an example. Um, there was, there are these two parents for two years, they made their kids wear masks to, um, uh, my son's tennis academy and three days a week, they show up there and the kids are masked and the kids are masked and the kids are masked and those parents. And I got into it with a couple of those parents. I don't sit by those group of parents, but one time they came over to me and they were like talking about the vaccine. I'm like, only an idiot would get the vaccine. And they got mad at me. They got fucking, and I don't blame them. Like they, they all, they believed in it. Well, just the other day, I'm listening to them talk and they're, and, and they're talking about how fucked up the vaccine is and how fucked up it is to put masks on your kids. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be a good story for my podcast. Wait, you know what I mean? Same parents? Like, that yeah, were... same parents. Yeah. Oh, Things change. <laughs> yeah, Things change. But, it, but and, and, and I have a friend who's telling me, hey, man, you got to let people off the hook. You got to. But it's funny, like, can turn all of these things now that happened to me in my life. You know what I mean? Like if I'm somewhere and a bird shits on me, it's not bad. It's now a story. And so I'm tying this to what you were saying. Like if it's not, if it's not benefiting your life then or, or benefiting your goals to win the CrossFit games, to sit at the top of the podium, mm-hmm. then, then. Well, so here, this is going to maybe kind of get a little bit, a little bit deep, but I love it, especially at 7.30 AM. Um, 
that's kind of life, right? Like life is a journey and there is nothing that really like nothing that really just happens to you, right? Like things, I think things kind of happen for a reason. Like obviously if a bird shits on me when I walk outside, it's probably not like a deeper reason for that. But I feel like a lot of the interactions, a lot of the relationships I have, a lot of the communication, you know, that I have with people, like all those things are teaching me lessons that I can then use. Maybe it's a month down the road. Maybe it's five years down the road. Like, yeah. If you're able to kind of be aware and be present and take inventory of those things, how they happen. That's when I feel like you kind of really realize like the beauty in life and the beauty in like what life does for you or what life can do for you. Um, rather than just kind of going through it, making the same mistakes eight times and then being like, Oh, well, why didn't I, you know, looking back and having regrets basically, you know, like that's, that's where I feel like people aren't present is people that don't understand what's happening to them. Um, and, you know, kind of use that to, to make the changes that they need to. It took me so long to realize that you, you open 75, 75, you open 600 peanut butter jars in your life. You, the only one you remember is the one you opened and there was a used condom in there. All the other 599 get thrown away. This one fucked up peanut is the only one. And I start, I don't know when it was maybe like five years ago, but now it's gotten really strong now that I have a podcast and I'm always looking for stories to tell. Um, now it's like you, you, you want to, um, be riding in the Uber and the guy throws up on the seat. You don't want just a regular Uber ride anymore. You know what I mean? You want it yeah. that, um, you-, you want to be in the Seven Eleven when someone runs through there naked. Like it's your right. life. Instead of being like, Ooh, that's gross. Or I can't believe it. It's like, wow, that's interesting that, you know, I just saw the world's the biggest cockroach I've ever seen. It's not gross. Now it's a story. It, 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 everything's enriching my life. Do you find yourself doing that when you go through your life? Do you find yourself like romanticizing things that happen to be like, oh, I could I could tell it this way and this would be a really good story on my podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. What can I do to make this everything now is like um yeah, everything's like that now. It's like it's like how am I how can I say that so that it's funny or yeah. Do you have a a switch that you can flip on and off to be like okay, I'm being present with my kids. I'm, I'm focusing on them or like versus being like, oh man, I'm at a coffee shop right now. And this guy just like spilled it all over his crotch. Like, that's a funny story. There's not that. Switch, I guess, the, I guess there's not better. that switch, but there is a switch when I sit down um, to talk to you. Like the second I'm interested done from like, when we get off, I go, Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I, I I almost avoid I only I almost avoid people when I'm in public, whereas mm. I don't do that um, on the podcast. I fully want to engage with someone. Interesting. You're like more observant in, yeah, those settings, like public settings. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, more observant. Do you have good situational awareness? I like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were walking down an aisle and someone was having trouble grabbing something up high, you would see that and get it for them. For sure. Um, yeah, for sure. There's this gate at my, um, th- there's a back entrance to my kid's tennis academy and there's a gate there. And if you, it, and w- so when I leave, I always, if I'm going to run to my car and get something, I leave out the gate, but I, l- I let it, it has a spring action and I don't let it close all the way. Right. But every once in a while you go down, some assholes pulled it shut. 
So, so when I come up, sometimes I'll just be standing there by the gate and like 15 people will walk by and it's so obvious. I want to come in. Yeah. And, and, and there, no one will do it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, I'm just like, some people just exist by themselves. Like they, they do not have any awareness of what's happening around them. I wish I had a story for that. I wish, I wish there was something that I could recite. I think that's how magicians work. I think they just take advantage of people's lack of awareness. I think a lot of it. Oh yeah. They just are just raping and pillaging people's just that they're asleep. Do you ever try to watch? Sometimes I'll watch YouTube videos on, like, I don't seek these out, but if it comes up, I'll like watch a magic trick and I try to figure out what they're doing. Like, especially with the sleight of hand stuff. Like, obviously it happens so fast, but you're just like, what the fuck? Like, how the fuck did you do that? I suck at figuring that stuff out. Yeah. No matter how aware I am, like I'm racking my brain. And sometimes you're just like, I cannot imagine how this happened. Speaking or of like, racking- or the people that swallow swords, that that's another thing. I just have zero clue how that happens. Or you know, those guys who were swallowing glass, some of those guys died prematurely. Like they were really doing that. Did you ever see that stuff? The guys eating the cups. Uh-uh, no, 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 oh. It's brutal. Like chewing on glass? Yes. It's really? brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. It's crazy they, shit. Well, yeah, fuck that. That can't be good for it, you, right? It gives me the No, <laughs> probably not. Um, when this is this is this is about the pull up bar incident. When I when something happen when something happens somewhere and, and, and my wife's with me. Uh, my wife will usually that upsets me. My wife will usually calm me down. So let's say if someone cuts me off, my wife will be like, Hey dude, you know, and I got, if I've got pissed, she would calm me down. Or if like we were somewhere, she wouldn't engage. If someone disrespected me or did something to me, my wife wouldn't be like that motherfucker disrespected you. Whoop his ass. That's not who she is. She's like, right. let's move on to the next thing. Take a deep breath. Like she doesn't feed into my ego or my pride. When I spoke to Justin, Kotler in the car after the the pull up bar incident, and, and for those of you who don't know, there was a, there was a, at the semifinals this year. In a nutshell, basically, there was a pull up bar that made it so Matt Delugos couldn't kit properly, and then if you added twenty seconds to his score, which a lot of people think he could have um, uh, he, he could have easily have done if he had a pull up bar the right height, then then he would have knocked out my dear friend Colton Mertens, and he would be going to the CrossFit Games. So it's a pretty intense subject, and. Um, but when when Justin was in the car and you were next to him, he was getting really riled up. And I just kept thinking, is that good that the coach is getting riled up? And now it was after the incident, so I don't know if in the pre- if in the time he might have been like he might have been like Matt Delugos, don't worry about it, brother, just do your best. Or was he fired up then too? Did he handle that right? I'm not going to say whether he handled it right or wrong because regardless, <laughs> he we got to the same point. Um, I will say that whenever I like, I appreciate the fact that he's so pissed. He loves you. It's so obvious. It's like team Delugos or team Brandon or whoever he's focused on. It's like, um, uh, team scuds. I mean, so, so I appreciate that part, but another part of me is like, man, maybe he should be pushing that down. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is he's, he is, that is him. He he can't, he doesn't turn that off. Like, it's not like he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to be passionate about this thing. I'm not going to be pissed off from an athlete who 
just got, you know, just got fucked over by a pull-up bar or just, you know, got a no rep on a legless rope climb like Ali did at, at Atlas, right? Like he can't not be upset. Um, do I think that there's a time and a place for that stuff? Maybe. Um, I'm, I know that whenever I finish that workout, I got, you know, I, I was obviously like upset that I, that I lost, but I was like, or not lost, but I was upset with where I came in. But I was like, you know what? Like I made the most of that event. I did what I could. I was tough on everything mentally and, you know, just did, like I said, did whatever I could. Um, so I was on the floor, like, you know, decently happy, decently like, okay, like this is fine. Like it is what it is. You know, you kind of have that moment after you finish where you, you take inventory of what happened. You kind of, you know, allow emotion to come in a little bit, but then you, you're done with it. Right. Like it's, you don't stew in it. So for me, I'm like, okay, like it happened. It was what it was. Um, I'm, you know, I've got one more day of competing. Like, let's go into it on a good note. Um, and I walked up the stairs and like, you know, Justin's just up there fuming and just, yeah, at that point, I think it's okay. Kind of that he's fuming, but how about before the event? Was he fuming before the event? No, no. Cause we no. because you don't want to get into your head, right? He doesn't want to get into your head and like give you a built in excuse yeah no like like could he no, have said hey uh, who gives a fuck if the bar's low get it you pussy be accountable like what if he had taken yeah, that for approach? sure yeah if he would have said that i mean that would have been fine yeah. um yeah no matter what he and said, then afterwards it, fucking burn the fucking place down yeah but no but like at, like whenever i walked up like i said like i was in good spirits and then he he started to bring that up where he was just like it was bullshit like that should have it was hard to watch like it should have been a little bit taller and blah 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 like that cost you know when started started getting into that stuff and then in the car you know he started he really got animated and, and really got into it um and i was just sitting there kind of just like not getting sad but just kind of like man that did suck like i it's do pretty clear it kept you out of the game it's pretty clear like it, i don't think you should have this mindset i think you should blame yourself but as a fan it, it 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 clearly kept you out of the games. Like it's pretty easy to do the math. If you would have just twenty seconds and it would have fucking pushed everything around. Yeah, you know, we, but we, we kind we did it on like, the show and everyone agreed. Like, oh shit, this is bad. Yeah, but I mean, I also missed a three thirty clean and jerk complex. Like, if I would have hit three twenty five, that is a difference of a couple points. Um, if I would have pushed the sled like a man instead of a little baby toddler, I would have been. I could have been which, at the game. Which sled? Oh, the fucking 200 yards of sled push on the, uh, on the first event of day three, it was like sled push burpees, sled push. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so it could have been fitter there. Could have done my muscle ups a little bit better, um, on that big chipper, you know, have faster speed on my thrusters or been able to go unbroken. So there's a couple, there's like obviously a lot of different things throughout the weekend that I want to get better at. Um, so yeah, no, definitely not the pull up bars fault. Would it make a difference for sure? But if I think about that for for the next year, or if I just if I let myself make that an excuse and hold that as like that's why I didn't make it to the games, then I will think in my head like, oh, everything else that you're doing is fine. Like you're you're good enough at muscle ups, or you're fit enough, or you're strong enough. It's like no, I'm not. Like there, I didn't win every event until like unless I'm winning every event that's when I'm like satisfied. And I don't even think that I would be satisfied at that point, but there's a ton of other things that I need to work on and get better at. So if I started 
blaming something that I have no control over, like that's pathetic, you know. Are you um are are you a religious guy? A little bit, yeah. Do do you ever are you? Um, I don't think so. I don't know. It's a, tough, it's, a, it's a tough question. Yeah. I mean, I think about God like all the time. Like all the time. In like a curious way. Yeah. Like I'm so, I'm so enamored by where you were before you were born and where you go when you die. Right. Do you think I'm about a, that Yeah. Full time. Nonstop. Nonstop. Dude, like, like, it's ridiculous. But in a good way, not in a scared way. When I was young, I used to think of it in a scared way. But now I kind of have tools to, to process it. It kind of lets you put your life a little bit in, uh, or it just gives you perspective as far as like what you're doing and what things you decide to be upset at and the things that you're okay with and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, do, do, do you ever ask for guidance? Like spiritually? Like, do I yeah, just like, hey, like, hey, like, dear God, whatever you need me, th- this is my goal. I would really like to achieve it. Make sure you, pl- pl- I will do if I will do my best to listen to you. If you can give me advice on to make sure I get on the path to this goal. Well, that's really hard, right? Because like, then you're ask you, you're, you're not really putting it up to fate or you're not really putting it into God's hands. You're kind of like, Hey, I want, I'm saying that I want you to help me, but like, I want you to give me the answer so I can get what I want. Right. And it's like, that's not, oh, all, that might so not maybe it's gotta be broader. Maybe it's gotta be like, Hey God, just so you know, I'm listening. Hey God, me again. Yeah. I'm listening. Um, Even if he wants yeah, you like, to, sure. to work at a hot dog cart, you'll do it. Like, Hey God, I'm listening. I mean, yeah. In the meantime, kinda, I'm going to do this CrossFit shit. <laughs> dude, that's, so that's the, that's the way that I figured out how I was going to get out here was I, I like didn't know that this was going to be a possibility. And then, all what do you mean board. by that? What do you mean you didn't know if this was going to be a possibility? Just like financially to pull it off or? I mean, yeah, I, I, so I had lived in Morgantown my whole life and I was just like. That's Virginia? Where's that? Where's that? Yeah, West Virginia. Sorry. Okay. That's where WVU is at. Uh, West Virginia University is in Morgantown, which okay. is like one of the bigger, if not the, there's like that and Charleston are the two biggest cities, which aren't that big, but. um. So, so that was one of the yeah. things. Yeah, so I was like, I'd never really moved. I'd never really like done anything that was like quite that big of a jump or that big of a step, like leap of faith. Um, I didn't know what that would look like. Yeah, financially, like if I would be able to continue the work that I was doing, like what kind of work I would be in for. I didn't even know that it would pan out because like at this point, I had competed at like a couple like smaller level like sanctionals but I like didn't do very well. And so I was like, well, now I'm just kind of pushing chips all into this thing. Like for what, like it might not even play out. But like I said, all of the doors lined, like all of the stars lined up perfectly um, for, for me to come out here. So with things like that, I definitely believe that there's some kind of divine intervention happening where it's like, you know, if you're open to those things and if you're aware of, you know, again, like being able to see the bigger picture of kind of what's happening in your life. Um, that was definitely a moment that stood out to me of like, Hey, something God is 
pushing you in this direction to kind of take this step and, and trust and believe. Well, can you give me an example of something that fell into place? Like, did like your apartment open up or did, did a sponsor be like, Hey, we'll pay your rent. Or was there some like, um, anything particular that stands out? Well, I mean, a, I had like resounding, uh, support. I didn't know that I would like moving across the country by myself. Oh, with my dog, but by myself, um, not really knowing anybody like to have all of the support that I did was, was pretty special. Um, at the time, the, uh, company that I worked for was open to allowing me to continue to work for them remotely. Um, which again was another like show of support or like another, you know, uh, door opening up in, in that line. You, you and have then, a job yeah, now you work. I do. I'm a coach. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At least it's in your field. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice. I love, I love helping other people. Um, if anybody wants to sponsor me, I'm open to it. I don't know if that's shameless plugging or not. Me but. too. Me too. I'm open to it too. Um, if Let's you want to, if it. you want a wholesome person, um, Matt Delugos, if you want something a little less wholesome, I'm Sevan Matosian, the Sevan podcast. We can be the yin and yang. We can yes. Yes. rock this world. You want to sponsor both yeah. of us? We'll do a regular um, meeting of the wholesome and unwholesome. Yeah. We c- we're getting into some deep topics here. I won't lie. We'll do the salt. This, we'll do the salty and the sugary. Mm. So, so you, so you go there, and um, are are your mom and dad proud of you? I think so. I hope so. That's that's the goal, right? Like make them proud. I was thinking about this last night, man. Like, like you were. Just, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is just full circle. I love these kind of moments. Good. I was thinking about this last night. What is life without family? Like, think about all the, th- all the things that your family has done for you, right? Like, by the way, if your I family's mean, dead, don't go kill yourself right now. Don't, don't no, listen no, no, to that. No, no. If your family's alive and healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, like being grateful for the, you know, for the family that you do have, right. Or the pseudo family that you have, like people that care for you, people that, that, um, you know, show, show the love and support for you. But like, you know, I think about it with my parents. Like they've they sacrificed a lot to have kids and i'm sure that you know this like you know you sacrifice a lot to have kids you, you put your life on hold it becomes that for your children and i think it would be a big disservice to my family and to all the things that they've gone through if i were to just be like okay i'm 18 i'm 21 i'm whatever i'm peacing out i'll never see you guys again like i'm gonna move across the country not talk to you like you know i'm gonna go my own way blaze my own path whatever like that's so messed up and you know to CPI, I understand, you know, that there are different circumstances for everybody, right? But like, I really want to make sure that I cultivate a good relationship with my parents, with my grandparents, with my sisters, um, to just, you know, spread that love and, and really kind of say like, thank you for everything that you've done for me. Like, thank you for putting me in this position to be able to move across the country and chase after my dream for a few years. And you know, not really, not really be present for, you know, a lot of the, a lot of things that happen with families, but yeah, I'm just, I'm very grateful for the the family dynamic that I have and the relationship that I have with my parents. When, when I'm going to say this and it's kind of true, but it's a little bit romanticized, but 
when I had my first kid at 43, a, a door opens up. And in that door, you can step through it and you can become selfless. And if you do decide to walk through that door, you'll be rewarded with something that's, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a gift. Uh, let's call it the gift of seeing. And you don't get that gift unless you become selfless. And one of the ways to become selfless, I don't know if having kids is the only way, but it's one way. If you don't walk through that door of selflessness, you won't get the gift of seeing and your kids will become something you have to sacrifice for and they'll become hard work. It's kind of like, it's weird. And I see a lot of young people, um, I, I, not just young people, but old people too, but it seems like young people have, have kids than more than older people. By older, I mean over 40. They don't want to step through that door. They think they're going to lose something when you step through the door of selflessness and you do lose something, but you realize that what you lose, you never wanted. It was a burden. It was a fucking burden. So you walk through the door of selflessness and now you get a gift in return, the gift of seeing. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, this is awesome. And you wouldn't say stuff like I said, like I don't, I don't sacrifice anything for my kids because everything I'm doing with my kids, I couldn't think of anything better I would rather be doing. It's actually the rest of the shit. It's actually the opposite. Yeah. It's, it, it's a trip. It's a I've tri heard that uh, said before. It's a trip. Yeah. A couple of my buddies who have recently had kids, like within the past like four or five years, they've all said that too. Um, you know, I ask them how it is to be a dad, and they're like, "Matt, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me." They're like, "I was, yeah, like you, you're you not catch yourself ready for doing it. stuff you would never, you would never." Um, so, so like I'll hear someone get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and there's not one fiber in my body that wants to get up but my body gets up and goes and checks on them and gives them a kiss and make sure that they wash their hands and wipe their butt. And then I tuck them in and then I go to bed and it's the whole yeah. thing's like an out of body experience. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? You know what I mean? I don't even recognize yeah. myself or it's, I want to sit at the beach and drink beers with my friends, but they're in the water. So I'll go mm -hmm. in the water with them, even though I'm freezing, you know, mm -hmm. and they're just kids. Yeah. They don't care, but I'm in there. And there's nothing I'd rather be doing than being miserable in the water with them. It's so weird. It is so weird. When you are parenting or when you are raising your child, do you find that you do better trying to teach the, ch the child from the mistakes that you've made or from the things that have made you successful? Like, are you trying to make them, you know, kind of as close to you as you can? Or are you like, hey, you do your thing. I made this mistake to like, let's try not to make that again. I don't know if I've crossed that bridge yet, but the, the one of the biggest, the, for sure, one of the worst parenting techniques I see, and I see it nonstop is parents that react to their kids and you see it everywhere. Like the best thing advice I could give to any parent is to just be in constant meditation. Your kid falls mm -hmm. down. Don't react. It's not, oh, or you're okay. Or are you okay? Or any of the reactions. Yeah. No, no one wants that. Treat them how you would want to feel if you fell down. You fell down. Maybe someone like if my kid falls down really hard, I'll walk over. I'll kneel down next to him. I'll just sit there. He'll stand up. He'll be crying. He'll hug me. I'll, I'll give him the best fucking hug I can. I'll be like, dude, sorry that happened to you. I don't say anything like I just like let let his life unfold for him and you just be sort of there for them. Don't react. Yeah. They don't need you. Like there's parents who are just always talking to their kids. Like, stop. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up and leave them. Stop reacting. 
Um, I've done these, I've done the, so three night, three days in a row, I went somewhere where there were other kids and every single time their kid did something bad, the parent would make an excuse for their kid. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, he doesn't have a lot of social interaction with other kids because of the last two years or, Oh, I'm sorry. My kid's shy. Or it's like, dude, shut it. Shut the fuck up and just let your kid be his, his, his kid. And well, that's that, that's the, and, okay, and they right? flourish and they flourish. Yeah. You just have to be there to make sure Uncle Buck don't get them and a dog doesn't bite them. And if you can protect them from those two things. Yeah. That's how they learn, right? Experience. Yeah. Like yeah. you gotta go through that stuff. Yeah, man. Did did you um I had the, I have this um friend, I had for I had I was the kind of person like if a girl liked me, I would just date her. And, Define and, dating. Like I would just start dating her. I would just fall in love with her. Just like I never did one night stands. Like if like if like if the gotcha. girl next door liked me, I'd be like, yeah, let's go out. And I'd like they try to fucking base. It. I'd be all in. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'd be all in. Holy shit, a girl likes me. I'm all in. Let's let's hold hands yeah, and let's, let's get married walk. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, let's go walk and get some uh, sparkling water and maybe you know steal a cigarette from your dad and smoke yeah. it. Like let's hang out. I'm down. Yeah. But I had these friends who would. And I hear this a lot. They would sabotage themselves. A girl would like them and they would try to picture themselves marrying the girl in the future. And they'd be like, ah, it's not going to work out. So they wouldn't date the girl and they wouldn't have the experience. Interesting. Do you, do you, do you have a girlfriend? I do not. No. Um, which camp do you fall in? Are you avoiding? Do, do you? No, definitely don't. Well, which of those two camps do you fall in? Just immerse yourself like, Hey, I'm all in or, Shit, I already see some signs that we can't be married for 50 years, so I'm going to sabotage this and get away from you. So um, I'm trending more towards the oh, – I, I feel like I'm kind of down the middle. I used to be very much like all in, guns a-blazing, like yeah. let's yeah. meet my family tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Here's a ring. Now, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, let's get a dog together. Where's yes, the yes. lease for our house? Like, no. Yeah. Um, I used to be a little bit more like that. And now I'm at the point where, again, you come from a small, small town and you move to this big city and you're like, wow, there's a lot out there. There are like, if I want pizza, there are 50 different places I can go get pizza. Same thing with ladies. If I, you've never, you've never, you've never married a woman from Machu Picchu. You've never met dated a girl from Machu Picchu, but there's some out there. Correct. Or a yeah, girl who was born on Antarctica. Right, right. Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with getting that experience of learning, hey, I like this and this about this person, but I'm not so I'm not super crazy about this one little aspect. Or like, oh and, and with different girls or you know, there come different experiences and there come different things that you learn that you do like or learn that you don't like. And again, that's all part of life, right? Like I don't know, it's crazy and you were just talking about kids that like there, I have classmates and things that are getting, you know, getting married at 23, 24, 25, like having kids already buying houses. And I'm like, y'all don't even know what's out there. Like you don't even, you have not, you know, you're sitting at a buffet and you've ate one tray. Like you've tried one little serving of life and you're ready to settle down. It's like, right. Yeah. When you say classmates, you mean people you went to high school with? Yeah. And, yeah, people that I went to high school and college with that are, you know, like I said, like a couple kids have already had kids. And 
I, I think about that. And for me, I'm like, if I had a kid right now, like my life would be not over, but I would want it to be about my kid's life. And I'm right. not ready to make that sacrifice yet. Right. Rich used to always talk about how he wanted to spend more time with his, with his kids. And when he would say that, I didn't have kids at the time. And I was like, is he crazy? But now I get it. He was ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, most of my friends, their kids are already like my friends, my age, their kids are like old. Yeah. So is like that different the, for you going through the the parenting process, it's just, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I did, I grinded in my thirties. I, I can't imagine having kids in my thirties. I had shit to do. Right. Twenties or thirties. I had shit to do. And now the shit I have to do is with my kids. Now, so I'm going to get off the, I'm going to finish this podcast with you. I'm going to take him to the skate park and I'm going to jump on the phone and start figuring out how I'm going to prepare for tomorrow's podcast, you know, while they skate. Yeah. Fuck. It's a good life. Yeah. Can't complain about that. Look at, I think this is chase. Don't do it. I'm kidding. I love my kids most of the time. Uh, how, do you have, do you have siblings? Yeah. I have two younger sisters. <clears throat> um, are they following in your footsteps at all? Are they athletes? Uh, they are not. Um, my one sister is pursuing nursing, I believe. Um, and then my other sister is going to school. She's got one semester left and she will become a teacher, a little elementary school teacher. So very different paths. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, you should tell your sister is becoming a nurse. If she really wants to help people, she should get into CrossFit. I will definitely tell her that, but, but she won't make any money. Damn. That, yeah. I think that that might be the, the <coughs> dissuading factor for sure. Do you golf? I do. Oh, you do. Yeah. You have time for that. Occasionally. It's like once a week right now. I go with Carrie Pierce's boyfriend. Uh, his name is Mitch Clune. Um, usually we'll go out and, and hit some balls or my buddy Dakota and I will go out and hit some balls sometimes too. And when you say hit some balls, someone told me about that. They have one of these places in Santa Cruz. It's like, or maybe it's San Jose where you just like, you go up top and like, you can order like hot dogs and beer and then you just hit balls as far as you can. Is that what you do? Yeah. So the one that I go to with Mitch, we have like a legit golf range. So it's like, you got to show up in your attire. Like they don't allow baggy jeans or like a t-shirt or anything like that. So you got to show up fancy um, or golf ready. Uh, the one that I go to with Dakota sometimes has like a, a rave night. So it'll like play some like, you know, crazy lights. Like the lights will be like blacked out and like, they'll have like loud music and stuff. And then there's a top golf, which. Oh I yeah. Yeah. That's what golf. it is. Top golf. That's what I keep hearing about. Top golf. If you ever get the chance to come out to Vegas, We'll go out to Top Golf there. There's a fucking this thing is like four stories high. There's bars at every level. There's a pool at one section. I don't even know about the top. I didn't make it. We didn't go all the way up there, but I think there's a pool up top as well. Um, so this thing is like Vegas out. Like it is club. It is like a club plus you can hit some golf balls if you want. So like we were there and like we were you know we were smacking them around, but you would look left and right and there's just like drunk idiots like almost falling over the net, like <laughs> flipping with the thing. It was 
wild. You stand on the fourth floor and hit balls from the fourth floor? Yeah, you just nuke them. That's awesome. Are there injuries in golf? But like, by, by that, I mean, I don't mean like um, athletic injuries. I mean, like someone get hit with a club or balls hit people or. Yeah, there's videos. Oh, man, I could send you some. I just saw one the other day where this dude was going to hit across a pond and he like hit uh, he like hit the fence or hit something down low and the ball ricocheted back, and like smacked his buddy who was recording it. <laughs> you get that sometimes. I've been I've been hit by a golf club, too um back in high school i was working this camp for little kids so we were like teaching them kind of like teaching them how to swing you know it's just like kids out there being babysat for two hours but i went to go like help a kid and like place the ball down and he like swung backwards and like where i was he had like smacked me on the top of the head and like kind of fucking you know kind of started ringing for a little bit i was like oh my gosh um but yeah, there's definitely that stuff. Or golf carts. You also have to be careful with golf carts. Yeah, I've actually t- had friends roll golf carts. Drunk friends roll. Go- tell me about rolling golf cart- carts. Or have you seen the video of the guy putting as a bear walks towards him? Like 20, golf 30 feet away? Bear. Buddy. I wonder if this is it. Let's see. Videos. Bear, oh no! Uh, bear runs full speed at golfer, then reacts bizarrely at golf clubs. Let's see if this is it. Oh, it doesn't have the. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it does. Let's see. Let's see if I get in trouble for playing this. This. <laughs> My golf club, the bear. My golf club, the bear. No, it's not that video. Oh, man. That's funny, though. This what happens to this guy? Like, I mean, I, I think that the video cuts out, like, as the guy's kind of walking away. But he's like, it's one of those it's one of those memes where it's like, how am I supposed to chip with this going on? And the guy is, like, legit, like, lining up his putt, like, taking a couple of practice swings. As this bear is walking from, like, 50 feet away, <laughs> walking closer. And then he finally, like, realizes, like, oh, shit, this is probably not something I want to do. But he, like, hits his ball and, and you know, starts backtracking. Oh, man. It, but it a was bear, crazy. I was like. A bear will fuck you up. That? Sage Steele of ESPN just got all her teeth knocked out by Rom in a golf tourney. Ugh. Got all of her teeth knocked out? I wonder if it's by the club or the ball. Ask him if he's experienced the dark side of Vegas. No, look at him. Do you know the dark side of Vegas? You know that answer. No, no dark side. Got hit by a ball. Mm. Uh, Sevon is no one running. There's always someone running the back end. Always someone running the back end. You, when you, when you, um, when I think of other sports, I think that there's, there's room for um, innovation. By that I mean, and I and I had I had that NBA guy on yet a couple of days ago, and I don't think he understood the question. Innovation is it, it's something crazy when innovation happens. I'll give you an example of innovation. Innovation was the Fosbury flop. You know what that is? When the guy when you so. do the high jump and you turn on your back, mm-hmm. the guy was the worst high jumper ever in the history, but he won the fucking gold medal in the Olympics because he invented, he innovated. 
He was an engineer. Jeez, and he never even boy. did high jump. And he's like, these motherfuckers are doing this shit wrong. Mm-hmm. And and Fosbury, I think he's still alive. He he was an engineer and he went to the Olympics and he won the gold. The next year he got destroyed, right? Because everyone started using his neck technique. I when you see someone like um Fakowski, I don't know if what he's doing is innovation, but he's for sure blazing, right? He's kind of like a Lewis and Clark for a guy who's that tall. He's he's kind of leading the way, right? He's for the sure. best big man ever to do it. And and not just the best, he's like I mean, a couple, a couple guys missing, and we, he, we, he'd be games champ, right? Six years in a row. Um, do you, do you tell me about how you do? You, do you do that? Do you just plagiarize from him? Do you watch Fakowski videos and be like, okay, I'm going to plagiarize from this guy? Yeah, all the time. I've got videos saved where I'll like screen record something that he does <laughs> and put it up next to mine and be like, okay, how can I make my muscle ups look a little bit closer to what his look like? Um, yeah, man, he he gave. He gave me the blueprint, you know, like, and I'm still learning from it, but as a whatever athlete, as a tall athlete, as a short athlete, as a, you know, thicker, stronger athlete, more gymnastics athlete, like you have to figure out the best, you have to figure out a way to maximize your own success. So as a tall person, I have to figure out, okay, I'm not going to be as fast as Colton Mertens on thrusters. But I have to figure out a way to maximize my points through this workout and my points through this weekend, you know, to be able to, to be able to accomplish my goal and beat him or beat, you know, whatever, whatever that goal is. So Brent Fakowski does a really good job of, yeah, professoring the crap out of stuff. So he will figure out a workout and figure out exactly how much time he needs to rest in between from, you know, from one movement to another or within sets of of muscle ups. Like he knows, you know, exactly what to do there. He knows the little techniques of like how to more efficiently pick up a barbell or cycle through dumbbell snatches or thrusters, whatever it is. So there are always things that I'm looking, you know, unfortunately he's a pretty closed off guy. I like him a lot. Very, very, um, you know, easy to chat with and easy to kind of like mess around with, but, um, you can tell that there's a lot of knowledge in his, in his brain. And I would love to pick that brain of his one day, but while he's still competing, I'm sure that that's probably not going to happen. But if he wants to help another big man do well, another shameless plug. Could, could you just go up there and just train with him wherever? I mean, when I say up there, I don't even know where he trains. I just figured somewhere like way up high in Canada. Savon, yeah. You, it is sunny 363 days out of the year here. I don't oh. want to leave that. Right. It's amazing here. Yeah, maybe you need to invite him. I wonder if he leaves. I don't know. You just had that kid. <laughs> that kid. You just had a he, kid. He had a kid too? Are you confusing him with Velner? He had a kid. No. He's got a kid. <clears throat> Man. It was Man. like a super low-key post that he made, or his wife made, I think. And it was just kind of like, yep. And then I asked him about it whenever we were down at um, at the Granite Games. And he was like, oh, yeah. like She's a couple weeks old, blah, blah, blah. So if, you wanna, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to get close to him, talk about kid shit. Do people who just had kids are fucking nuts? Okay. They're nuts about their kids. So use that to to get close to him. For sure, I'll weasel my way in. Is there is there room for innovation in CrossFit? And I'll give you an example. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, as a sport or as a like how you were talking as far as. Um, 
maybe maybe like innovating a movement or innovating a train like a, a way to like, train like the butter like the butterfly or um maybe something with the push-up or you, you know we saw this thing that fikowski does where he does throws the wall ball and then he brings his hands down like that you know this thing mm-hmm. is, right is there room still to innovate in crossfit like places where people can you know i mean if you think of it this way if you increase your efficiency by a half a percent in six places now you have three percent three percent more and that's huge right that's huge yeah um do you see Um, i get what you're asking i think that innovation you know would look a little bit different um i think that efficiency is what you're looking for right because like especially for me as a taller athlete, you know, you got to maximize time. So, or minimize time. So like I have to minimize the time that it takes for me to get from one movement to the next or to get started on the next movement um, or between one rep to the next, right? Like being able to be a little bit more efficient with doing a snatch, dropping the bar, either letting it settle, putting my hands on, like there's, there's things like that that are, you know, innovative, but um I think that that's the cool part about the sport is that there's not really, you know, like when you watch Brent train or you watch Noah train or you watch rich train, there's not anything that they're doing. That's like crazy different. Right. It kind of just comes down to like, are you willing to work harder than the guy next to you? Like, are you willing to, to suffer? Um, which I like, right. Cause then that's, there's nothing that's, and maybe this is me saying this because I don't want to give, give an excuse to something that I'm going to not be great at. Right. So like, I don't want to look at Carrie Pierce doing strict handstand pushups and be like, Oh, well, she has a special way of doing it. Um, you know, that I, I can't even really try to emulate because she's super short and her levers are different. Um, so I might as well not even try. Right. I would rather say, no, like nobody's doing it differently than you are. You just need to do it better. Yeah. And that kind of drives that pursuit. How is, how is your um, uh, metabolic conditioning? Is it good? Do you feel like you have a big engine when you think of yourself? Yeah, I think that we're working on moving my engine a little bit more towards like CrossFit workouts. Um, like I have a pretty good engine whenever it comes to like monostructural work, running, rowing, um, any kind of like combination of those. But it's when you start to add bodyweight movements, you start to add handstand pushups or muscle ups or, uh, you know, box jumps burpees whatever it is that's where i start to struggle a little bit so we're working on it um, have, you ever, have you ever cried in a workout no do do boy i don't this is gonna sound horrible but i don't care um i i've never seen a boy crying i've seen girls crying workouts i've never seen a boy crying a workout like in a workout yeah like in a workout no nah, i just tell myself quit being a bitch like, yeah and go i think that's the male mentality versus like i know uh, you you ask alex the same question she cried like in training like just the other day alex yeah 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 she'll get to the point where she's just like and i don't even think that it's like a oh my gosh i'm sad this workout so hard i think it's just like a i am putting everything into this workout and like i'm just emotionally fatigued and i need to like let something out but yeah, no, for a guy, it's like, okay. My, 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 my son was, um, a, a sparring with this kid in jujitsu and, um, the kid started crying 
and and they kept going. They didn't stop. And afterwards he came over and he said, do you know why that boy cried? And I said, no, why? And he goes, that means you're trying your hardest. I was like, kind of like a teapot blowing off steam, right? Just like, yeah, you're kind of just like, interesting. you're giving it your all and some shit just spilt over the top. Yeah, but I feel like crying is a reaction. Maybe that's a male thing too, but like, oh. or not male, masculine. But so, it's so, like so, it's, so crying's a reaction. It's not involuntary, like breathing or ejaculating or digesting for, food. For me, it's a little bit more of like something happened. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm having these emotional responses, and crying is the way that I'm going to release them. Um, and maybe for maybe for some people that happens instantly, where they're like. I'm overcome with emotions because I'm trying so hard and ah, just uh, tears, you know? Um, do you remember the last time you cried? Yeah. When was that? When I was 14 points away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me you did. You went and wept. I mean, yeah, shit, I shed some tears, bro. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of this. I, I was upset after, Cried and I not didn't... ashamed. That's a shirt. Cried and not ashamed. Collar, make him the shirt. <laughs> well, uh, he he uh, he knows it. He saw it. I was, so I was wait. Upset. So you, uh, this is great. So you're you're out there. They announced that um, that um, uh, Mr. Mertens is going. And then do you feel yourself over? Do you feel that like I'll sometimes be um, uh, like when we start t- t- talking about God earlier, I'll feel my tear ducts turn on. Like I'll really? feel like a re- oh yeah yeah and often in my podcast I'll feel my tear ducts turn on I'll get this super crazy intense emotional charge and I'll feel t- t- my t- did you feel your tear ducts turn you know what I mean that feeling like oh yeah, you motherfuckers just turned ducks. on like mine just turned on a little like, bit now thinking about it yeah yeah like my body gets my body gets into this weird like uh it's, it's like oh it overcomes my body where I kind of just feel like almost like a little like goosebumpy like a little like ooh like what's yeah. happening here yeah um. And I'm definitely like, oh, this is me being upset, yeah. me being sad. It I, happened more after, like, so I finished the event, and I was like, you know, hoping that it did enough, but you know, in my head, kind of being like, okay, it probably didn't do enough. <laughs> um, but then I was like, well, I, you know, I was, I came in, I think in tenth or ninth, so I was like, well, I just, you know, now can maybe start thinking about whether or not I made it to the last chance. And then they like came up and they're like, Hey Matt, we're going to drug test you. And I was like, Oh, and they're, they're like, we're going to drug test you because you made it to last chance. And I'm like, Oh, cool. And the lady, her name's Bree. I love her. She's a sweetheart, but she goes, I was like, Oh, do you know where I finished up? And she's like, yeah, I think you were like sixth or seventh. And I was like, oh, don't tell me that. Like, don't tell me that I was like, like, you know, it's not a James Sprague where it's one point close, but it's like make a clean and jerk do a little bit faster on a different workout. So they haven't even announced it. And she tells you that they haven't even announced it yet. And she tells you that. Is that bad? Am I going to get her in trouble? Don't No, 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 I don't know. No. Yeah. And if you are, it's too late. (laughs) Oh no. She comes up and, and tells me that I'm about to be about to be drug tested. And like Kiefer and, and Justin were over there with me. So they're like refreshing the leaderboard and they didn't like, it didn't update yet. And you guys are all just milling around all the the guys in the final heat. Yeah. Just kind of standing around talking to whoever. Um, And I'm just kind of sat there like, Oh man, she said sixth. 
like that that might be a reach but like maybe it's seventh and then they told me seventh by 14 14 points and i was just like fuck like seriously like what started going through my mind was you made a dumbass jump and you should have hit 325 i was like you left you know you left a couple other points on the table throughout the weekend and you feel and, and you're feeling really emotional. You feel like you could start crying at any second. Oh, on the field? Yeah. When she told yeah, you that. I, yeah, I was like, yeah, yes. I did any started. roll? Did any come out? Uh I think so. I think one rolled out before I caught it. And then, you know, you're just sat there. Did you push it back in? Did you roll it back in or did you wipe it off? No, I flicked <laughs> it to somebody in the crowd. I said, here you go. You, you flicked it on Colton. Like here, you take my tears. Know how it feels. Yeah. But um, w- when I got fired from CrossFit, I I don't know if it was that day, but I I remember at some point being like, okay, I I need I think I need to cry, and I and I didn't like I didn't even know why I didn't even know why like there was no narrative behind it. There was no like my life's over or what am I gonna do or this isn't fair. There was no narrative like that, but I just went, I, I, um, I just went into my bedroom and I laid on the floor and I shut the door and I just kind of like faked it until kind of like, I was real. like, yeah, until it was real. Yeah. Oh, I kinda, I'm, and it was crazy. <laughs> and, ne- and I've never done that before, but I was like, man, I, I like, I, this something's in here that has to get out. It was like, like taking a shit. Yeah. It was like taking a shit. And then I cried for like 10 minutes and then I was like, okay. And it was over, but it was weird. There was no, you know, my whole life, usually when there's crying, there's like some sort of narrative behind it. Well, I'll tell you another yeah. interesting crying moment. Um, the, the year, I don't know who won the CrossFit games, but it was in, I think it was the first year it was in Madison. And you don't know who won the game. Uh, was it Tia? It must have been. Oh, T. Oh, it was either Tia or Matt. Is that? Is that? Well, I was gonna say you. Yeah, there's probably like A or B. Oh, 50, so 50. so it was the girls. It was the girls. So it must have been Tia then. And all the girls started crying up there except for like two. I think maybe Bethany mm-hmm. Shadburn was one of the ones who didn't cry. Really? But but all the girls cried except for two. And I was up there with my camera, and that was fucking intense. That was just like like you were too close to the fire and you were catching on fire. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to cry, but I'll, I just felt like I was fighting back tears the whole time. I'm like, what, what the fuck am I crying about? <laughs> but it's because I was in a room full of people who were crying. It was nuts. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I, I find myself being a little bit less sympathetic to people that are crying because I know, like, if I was going through that, I wouldn't really want somebody to be like, let me come cry with you. You know, I'd want somebody to come over and say, hey, like, it's okay that you're feeling this way, but, like, let's start to you know, like let, let's find ways to be productive with this. Like let's find ways to use this energy that you're feeling or, you know, to reason through it and understand that there are, you know, good, that there's good to come out of it. Um, I had my son run suicide sprints yesterday. Do you know what those are? Where you touch the line and run back, touch the line and run back. So he's running suicides and all three of them were running suicides and he got to like uh, seven and they were taking turns. I was going to have him do 10. And then he got to seven and he's like, I'm tired. I'm like, well, there's three more. I'll run them with you. And he got to nine and he's like, Hey man, I'm done. And I'm, and then I was like, Hey, you're going to run five more with your brothers now. 
and he got to mm-hmm. like 13 and he starts crying and and I'd never seen him cry like from working out or me pushing him too hard. And he's like, and he's like hyperventilating. He's like telling me he can't mm-hmm. breathe and he, it's, it's hot outside. It's not that hot, like 85. It's hot outside and he's thirsty and we're out of water. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, it, my reaction was to not be, my, I, I got angry, but I didn't show him. And I just yeah. sat quiet. Like you were saying, like I didn't, I didn't, and, and it, it's just my philosophy, like don't react. So I just basically sat there and let him come just sit on my lap. And I just stayed super mm-hmm. duper quiet. But it was interesting to see that. Um, I saw the yeah, other day, a boy, a boy, a boy, a boy's parent, this whole boy's family runs marathons, right? And there's like six kids and the kid was yeah. five or seven or something. And he ran a marathon and he was at mile 22 and he started crying. Right. And that, I know crazy, right? But his parents were yeah. being like, his parents were being like, the, the, the child protective services came out, you know? And like, part of me is like, but the kid's so proud he did it. Right. It's weird. It's, it's weird. I, I, I conflated ideas there, pushing your kids so hard to a point where it's abuse versus crying. But Yeah. I don't know. I think that crying is a thing that is obviously natural. You have to go through that feeling. Like you have to process whatever emotions you're feeling, you know? And for some people processing, it looks like crying. Um, it's funny that you say that. I think that Bethany would be okay with me talking about this, but like she, she would get to a point where, you know, like through training, like she would have moments of being very frustrated and upset with something. And like on, you know, like we would be training whatever and, and double unders weren't going her way or something. Some other movement wasn't going her way. And she would like take a couple minutes and like cry. And just like let that stuff out and then she would literally be like you know you you we would like come by and be like hey come on like keep your head up you got this like you know let's keep working blah 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 and she's she would be like i just needed to like i just needed to feel that like i just needed to get that stuff out like feel that that frustration that upsetness and now i'm good like she's like you know we don't have to talk about it ever again um and i feel like that's that's kind of where I get to whenever I cry. It's like, you know, obviously you do have, there are times that you'll have a narrative to why you're crying, but there are other times where you're just like, man, if I keep bottling up these emotions and never letting myself feel and express them, I'm not going to like, I wouldn't, I won't know how to handle myself in any situation. Like the next time I get into a hard situation, I won't know how to handle, you know, this, this feeling. Um, It's like that, like that quote, it's better to be, a warrior in a garden than a gardener at war. Like it's better to be in touch with those emotions. Wow. Wow. That's good. Yeah. It's better to be able to feel those and know what it feels like and be able to sit there. And like, that's like, I had a conversation with a buddy whenever I got back here, you know, because like I, I had told him, I was like, man, I'm upset. Like, I don't like the way that this feels, um, you know, to have, to be, to, to be, close and to be giving it all and come up short. And then like, you know, you have those questions of like, well, am I good enough? Am I fit enough? Like, am, is this the right, did, did I make the right decision moving across the country and leaving my family and, and being by myself and all that stuff? And he's like, Oh yeah. Like, well, Oh shit. The, the weight gym, of all of that, just that, that's like Pandora's box just opened. Wow. 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 Maybe I should have just got a job at the college doing sports ed- education <laughs> like that shit. Right. It's yeah. Um, 
like this is a this put it in perspective for me but i lost my grandfather this year and he was the he's like the first uh you know of the knowable relatives that i've lost you know like i've had like a great grandfather pass away but you uh, you know i don't really know him that as well as i do my grandpa and i had my grandpa pass away not too long ago and those thoughts have filled my head ever since it's like you're out here by yourself chasing after this dream like was it worth it like you you know you missed obviously you can't tell when that stuff's gonna happen but like i feel with the tear ducts opening up but like you you have you know missed opportunities to see him and you know now you've missed the last chances to see him so it's like they're opening up but it's like you better make stuff worth it you know like can you leverage that i know it sounds a little shallow but can you leverage that (laughs) you know what i mean by leverage it like next time you want to quit a workout be like no i'm doing this for my fucking granddad i've already wasted my i've already wasted my tap outs fuck you no yeah on like every time that i'm that i'm sat there like do do i want to do go through this accessory do i want to push this hard on a workout you know do do i do i want to like whatever it is do i want to do everything right do i want to go sit in the sauna do i want to you track my macros and eat well or stretch like you better fucking do it like did you did you come all the way out here to not do it like did you come all the way out here to to sell yourself short and to like i said miss out on these opportunities or are you gonna try to get it you know Man, you're gonna be so happy. Uh, Brittany says, "I I legit cried in the middle of a road doing a 400 meter body weight prowler push in the middle of August. It was so hot I couldn't breathe." Yeah, of course you did. You're a girl. Okay, next. Um, no, just joking. <laughs> I can't get a sponsor because of shit like that that comes out of my mouth. Baby, do you need me to be? right now <laughs> i'm never gonna get a sponsorship uh, That's tough, Brittany. I, I would uh struggle as well uh this podcast has been very good if someone keeps up i'm gonna be a fan of uh, too many i know it's crazy i know i'm trying to figure out where i'm gonna stick the lugos i knew i was a fan i'd like um i like big people i like big things i like things outliers i like weird things like you and colton and so I knew I'd already like when I spotted you came on the scene, I was like, Oh, I hope this guy gets good. This is going to be fun being a fan of his. So I was already like, all right. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. I like, 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 did you, like I go to the zoo to see the giraffe, you know? Gotcha. So that's what I am. Yeah. Like Occasional. I'll take a flask and go sit in front. Like everyone, I'll be like, I'm just going to stay here and look at the giraffes and get my buzz on. You go look at the rest of the animals. You ever watch gorillas? Um, I can't remember. I like I thought of it zoo uh-huh. in Minneapolis with Alex and we went to a zoo and they had a gorilla exhibit and there were a couple gorillas inside and <coughs> it opened up to the outside and there were like four or five gorillas sitting there. And when you think about, you know, the whole process and, you know, you start thinking about God and then you're like, okay, well, you know, what maybe was there like some kind of evolutionary process that went down and you watch these gorillas like move around and the way that they like look at each other and the way that they, the things that they do and the things that they, uh, the, the ways that they just, 
the interactions that they have, the behavior, yeah. yeah, the interactions. You're just like, wow, like I could literally sit here and watch you guys do this all day. And my mind races is like, you know, did these guys come before us? Like, did these guys like what? Like, Should they be in a cage? Come... Like maybe they need to be let out. Right. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> obviously you have rescues and you have places that are safe for them. Yeah. But or safe for us so they don't need us. For us. Yeah. But yeah, you wonder, you're like, do they just like sit there and like fucking hate themselves? Like hate their lives? Like it can't be a great experience, right? Must suck, like day dude. after day to not day It must be day, like what it's like living in a small European country. That's what I think when I think of zoo animals. But they don't <laughs> But they don't know any better. I know. Fuck you. Send me hate to my DMs. I don't give a fuck. I was just like, what? I don't know how to respond to that one. <laughs> there's these people. Yeah, there's like, just people who live in cities with all of these rules and these concrete jungles. Like I used to live in London for yeah. six months. Or like when I go to the East Coast and I and I spend a lot of time in New York. I'm like, these people don't realize that like they're caged animals and they don't even know it. And they're okay with it. They want to be taken care of. And that's kind of what it's like. Um, yeah, I feel bad for those animals. I, it's like almost like, how about like when you go to aquariums and there's just fish swimming in circles? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And you see the big ones, but then you go you go over to those little ones that are like a two foot by two foot. And yeah. you're just like, man, this fish probably swims its head into the wall 50 times a day. Yeah. Day after day for the rest of its life. Yeah. Coming uh, great. I agree, Sevon. It's fun being a fan of this dude. I love Shannon. That's my gym mom. She is probably somewhere. Do you really know who she gym. is? Yeah. Oh. She took me and picked me up from the airport. <clears throat> this last chance qualifier thing. I don't know if I should talk to you about this. I'm here for it. Right, Whatever you want. It. This thing, this just looks so miserable. This this <laughs> this just sucks so bad. These guys, like all you guys were, so, 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 so Tuesday night we're doing a show. Um, the, uh, Brian's going to rank all the athletes in the order of the top 30 best men and top 30 best female CrossFitters. And he said, a bunch of them are in the last chance qualifier. I wonder if you're going to be in there, oh, but, I don't know about that. but this just, this just looks really bad. This thing is just, there's so many of you vying for so few spots. I just picture you guys should be sleeping and like resting yeah, man. Getting ready for the games, and now you have to go back out and war. Yeah, that's been trippy for me mentally because I'm I'm out of you know you finish, you peak up for your competition, and then you come off of it, and you have a lot of uh, emotional dump, and you just like are tired, and you just want to sleep, and um, I don't I mean you don't even want to eat, but like there's so many different feelings that you have, and then for us it was like the next. You know, I was like, Justin's like, hey, Friday, you should probably start moving again. And then by the next but Friday, Tuesday, meaning meaning you finish competing on Sunday and he's going to give you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then you got to get back in there. Yeah. Thursday was like at, Thursday was like a biker. Like we did a long, like active recovery because I was like, I can't go into Friday being not having done anything for four days. Like I'm going to feel like trash. But it so was Monday, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, you actually took off. Yeah. What's that look like? Monday was traveling. So I just, uh, I was in Minneapolis with my family. So I got to spend some more time with them. Um, Tuesday was like catching up with some work stuff. Um, 
cleaning up the house, like doing all the little things. Like once you get back from a vacation or back from a trip, unpack. Yeah. Unpack laundry, vacuum, everything. Um, Wednesday was, we went up and hiked this, uh, okay. this place at this place called Mount Charleston. So we went, me and my dog went up for a little like three hour hike, which is really awesome. And so you're um, alone, you're alone and you're processing during those three yeah. hours. Okay. Really through the three days. Yeah. Yeah. But I was yeah. trying to, I was trying to picture with you, with you, with your family on Monday, it must've been weird. Like you're, it's, you're it's physically really and emotionally balance. exhausted. What? It's a really tough balance having family at competitions for me because I love them so much and I want to be around them as much as I can, but I have a job to do and there's priorities. So like going out to eat with them all the time, isn't like, I can't, I can't do that. Um, and I've had these conversations with them, so they kind of understand, but like you're balancing between let me get the most out of spending time with them because I don't get to see them that often. And let me focus and do everything and be selfish because I need to be in order to set myself up for success. Yeah. Um, and then the day after is kind of the same thing, right? Like you're overwhelmed with everything that just happened. You know, like you're proud of your efforts. You're disappointed with results. You're figuring out what you can do better for next year. You're figuring out, oh, I got to compete in three weeks at the last chance qualifier. What does that look like? And then you're like, oh, hey, dad, let's chat it up about some whatever. Like let's, you know, bullshit and, you know, talk to my mom about stuff and, it's a weird balance for sure. Hey, just so you know, your parents don't need shit. Like if you're on the floor and you, and you look at your mom, sh that, sh that will sustain her for like a month. If you ever win an event at, at, at one of these games things and you go over and the first person you hug is your mom or your dad, that, that, that will, they'll explode. Like, know. Do you know what I mean? I'm just telling you as a yeah. parent, like they don't need shit. If you just look at your dad and wave, he'll be like, he'll fucking start to get lightheaded and shit. Trust yeah. me. We love our kids so much. We don't give a shit. I know. I know. But don't I mean, feel obligated to, get... to give them shit. Just a, a simple hi or hold your mom's hand or give her a kiss and she'll be just, yeah. she'll come unhinged. We're easy. I know. But they travel everywhere with me, man. Like they've, yeah. I've competed in some amazing places and my mom has been there. She's been to London to watch me compete. She's been to wow. Sweden. She's been to Norway. She's been everywhere. Dude, like only competition that she's missed was Wadapalooza because I got called like the weekend before to go out and do it. That's the only one that she's ever not been at. She's been Can you everywhere. talk to your parents about everything? I feel like it. Yeah. Politics? Yeah. I don't know anything about politics, so I can't really discuss that stuff. Religion? Um, that one's a little bit trickier. Because we we I was raised very like traditional Catholic and like and that's how they were raised. And this has only been within the last couple of years that I've started, you know, having my own thoughts, my own like independent thoughts as far as what's going on in this like crazy world. Right. And like I cosmology, like, like, like what, what, what we are as a, yeah. Like what's happening to us and like why we're here. Yeah. And, um, I'll be honest, man. Like that stuff just doesn't really come up whenever I'm with them. Right. Like I, we chat about, you know, chat about a lot of other things instead of these like real serious topics. My, my dad has rules 
And it's kind of one of the things I want to make sure I never put on my kids. I want them to be able to talk to me about venereal diseases, God, and Biden, Trump. Like, it's all, it's all, I I, I want to be, I'm. Do you think there's a reason that, that, that those limits have been put on your all's relationship? I mean, I, I think the obvious answer is yes, but I don't know. I, I want to say, yeah, well, of course. But then if I'm afraid you're going to be like, why? And then I'm be like, fuck, I don't know. No, no, I don't care. No, <laughs> so I don't like, know. So I don't know. I, I mean, what do you think? I, I want to say, I yeah. Some, like, why? I, I why would I not problem. want my kid to talk to me about anything? I made him. I'm here the for one, him. The one thing that, that I've heard before is like, you know, you want your kid to feel like they are your kid and you are a parent and it's not, there's not any lines of like, Oh, we're friends. I can get away with stuff or there's not, I don't have a respect for them anymore. Like, you know, maybe in some people's minds, those conversations like level things out. And then, you know, like you said, like there's no respect for the authority that. The oh, has. that's interesting. No, no, I don't think it's that. If I, now, yeah, I don't think I th- that either. I think if anything, it's that they're that my dad might be a little afraid. Cause I can go anywhere. There's only like a few places in my brain. I cannot go. And other than that, I can go I'll, I can explore anything I can explore. Yeah. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing that, that really freaks me out. Like, um, but, but I do like to really drill down and look at like, what does this word mean? What, what, yeah. what, and, and why is this like this? And I like to just keep going deeper and deeper and just keep peeling back. And I don't think I don't think that that is something um, that I don't know why everyone doesn't like doing it. To me, it's it's like the whole reason we're alive. I think that the conversations that I've had with my parents, I've noticed a big switch or just a, a, a big progression in what they were or what they are as I've gotten older. So maybe that's something that I'm experiencing, you know, because for my parents, like they haven't they've never had a child who's 25 years old. So right. the things that I'm going through and the conversations that I'm having with myself and then I'm having with them, like these are all first, right? So like I haven't ever cared about politics. So I'm not going to learn about them. And then that means I'm not really going to talk to them about that stuff. Right. But I notice that I do have more of these thoughts as far as like, you know, maybe a little bit more um, along the lines of like, what, what should our life what should our life look like? Like, what should, you know, what are characteristics that, you know, you should have as a good human being? Like, what are things that you want to be remembered for? How to, you know, just like how to live your life. Um, and those are things that some dude walking right outside of my patio. That was weird. But um, those are the conversations that I'm having with them more and more often. So I think maybe it's just like a progression, right? Like maybe it's just a, a couple steps down the road that we'll get to talking about politics. Like maybe once I have my own kids and, I start to care about what, you know, what uh, governing body chooses the school district or whatever. The right, right. I didn't give yeah. a fuck about that stuff either. It's funny how that shit creeps in. Yeah, right. I, I looked at my mom the other day and I go, fuck, your life's weird. And she goes, why? And I go, you have a 50-year-old son. She goes, I know. And I was just imagining. Is there a dude in your house? No, he's like growling at him now, but he's the... Little, he's the sweetest little dog back there. You can see him right there. 
<laughs> but he's okay. just ready to rumble. <laughs> it would be so weird to have a 50 year old son. I told my mom, she goes, it is. It must be so weird. Yeah. Like you have an old man be. for a son. You're supposed, your kids are supposed to be little kids. And now you have an old man yeah. for a son. It must be so weird. Well, that transition was something that I got to see not too long ago. Cause obviously I'm, I just moved out. I've been out here for a year and a half. Yeah. And the, one of the, like, so whenever my parents were out here for West coast classic, there was like a distinct moment where you could see it happening that my mom was like, this is like, this is my baby, but this isn't a baby anymore. Like, right. The real man. (laughs) And that was trippy. That was weird. So great. Fuck. Life is great. Okay, back to so uh, before I let you go, I do want to talk about this last chance qualifier a little bit okay. more. Um, yeah, so are are you getting your head wrapped around it? A little bit. It's getting um, more real as the training has kind of increased back up. Like we've been hitting some really tough workouts, but I've been feeling really, really good with them. So I'm just kind of letting that, um, you know, boost my confidence because, like you said, it's you know it's twofold, right? Like the field this is like a mini games like there are probably over half of the people that are in the last chance qualifier that have either been to the games or deserve a spot at the games like they're right, a right. really 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 fit crew um and then the second thing is that you know online qualifiers like you see this with brent fikowski again not to make an excuse but typically they're a little bit more or a little bit less favorable for taller bigger stronger athletes um, you know, and you get into situations where like, oh, I can control everything that I can control. Like I have my, my favorite rower set up right next to my favorite pull up bar and I'm playing my perfect music and I've got all these conditions that are, you know, you're not really being athletic. You're kind of doing it all in that closed controlled environment. Um, whereas like, I like the competition field. Like I like seeing a guy, you know, starting to kind of waver and being like, all right, like step on their throat. Let's go get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's just a, it'll be an experience for sure. I'm interested to see what it's like, but yeah, I'm kind of trying not to let all that other, I'm trying not to let those two things creep up too much and just be like, Hey, I'm crushing workouts right now. I feel, I'm feeling really good. Like let's just keep that energy going. What is the date? 29th. Um, it's a oh Wednesday. shit. Oh shit. It's here. Pretty much. Will will there be something you'll do on the twenty eighth, like like watch the movie Sparta or I I don't know I don't know what people watch and where where you're just kind of like okay to, or you're gonna listen to just like Jordan Peterson quotes or Kobe Bryant quotes or just some shit like that where it's just like are you here to fucking win are you here to fuck it like will you do something like before like to just so what served me really well at Granite Games was that I never let myself do that which is totally opposite of what I've done in years past. Um, Interesting. Okay. Like in years past, I feel like maybe it's a, I don't know whether it's mature or immature, but I've let myself fire myself up to the point where I'm like, you know, two before ready to run through a wall. Yeah. Um, and so I've like jacked myself up a ton and then it's really hard to sustain that. And so then I like get fired up for the workouts. I get really antsy about them. I get really anxious. Maybe I start off too hot. I do whatever, 
doesn't go the way that I want it to. Now I'm a wreck because I'm like, well, I thought that I was going to win that workout and I finished in 10th and like, now I have to try to get myself all the way back up to that point again. Like now I got to watch another gladiator movie or whatever. (laughs) Right. And so like what I've tried, what I did at Granite Games was like, like my playlist is Yeba. It's like chill, you know, R&B. It's very relaxing music to just like cool myself down. Like just keep myself even keel. So honestly, I'll probably keep that day before very easy, very similar to what I already do. Like might go hit the range. Um, you know, I might go for a long, you know, drive with the dog or go to a park or something like that. But I'll try to be as relaxed as I can be because I think that that does like, I'll get to that point in, a, in the workout, right? Like when I start warming up, yes, evergreen. <laughs> Wow. Okay. This is R&B? Damn, you're introducing me to all sorts of shit. Yeah, man. It's good stuff. You got to listen to um, uh, Boomerang is another really good one by her. Um, She does a cover of Age of Worry, I believe it is by uh john mayer like she does a cover of that which is amazing she's a really good artist what about on the last day can you do that on the last day of last chance qualifier can you can you put in the sparta yeah yeah last day i'll fucking rage so the last workout you can just fucking put turn the thrusters on full blast and and who cares if you burn out or whatever so emotionally just it's a long weekend and you have to be you have to be able to navigate that pretty level-headed um, but when you get to the end, empty the tank. I've never I, been afraid of getting, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, so speaking of music, I, this is complete opposite, but Ricky Garrard introduced me to this artist. His name's Troy Candy. And I will put on, it's, it's usually on SoundCloud. Um, and he might have it on YouTube, but it's like Troy Candy. And he has like, 30 something volumes and I'll pick one of the ones in the thirties and I will put that on. And it just makes me, and Justin knows it too. It just makes me want to run my head through a wall. And I see why Ricky loves it. And I'm sure he like, I'm sure that like gets him through his workouts and like get, you know, gets him to push to that next level. Cause every time I listen to it, I'm ready to just like go dark. It's crazy. Is this, um, is this him? No. Hey, <clears throat> were you disappointed when um when Ricky Garrard didn't stay in Vegas when he when he couldn't when he when he, when he bombed a little bit yeah I like li- I like Ricky you've talked to him before right yeah I love him yeah he's a great dude yeah he's yeah, totally I, the kind of friend like I would want my kids to have he's so chill yeah he's a, he's a great I mean obviously a freak athlete but he, yeah he's a really good dude um just you know he's easy right yeah. he's not the, if you if you if you're the kind of person who's like i have to go to this coffee shop at this time and then i have to do this and i have to do this he'll be like okay like he he doesn't seem like the kind of guy no i want to go to this coffee shop he just rolls yeah yeah it seems very mellow i wish that i got to spend more time with him and actually he'll be coming up here in a couple of weeks he's oh, like he right is. after last chance qualifier yeah he's going to train with us so that'll be super sick but 
Oh, that's a, it, and, will, and then will he stay there until the games? I think so. Oh, that's awesome. Does he, Will he bring his chick with him? I know that for the first couple of, uh, for the first little bit of time that he's here, he's going to be by himself. And then at some point, um, Michelle is coming up as well. Because she, they're staying with Mitch, who is Gary's boyfriend. Oh, shit. Okay. So it's like a family. Yeah. We got a nice little family over here. I've kept you so long, but I want to ask you one more. I want to say one more thing. Dude, um, I love this. Please talk my ear off. Okay, good. Um, I, I'm not afraid of, I, I'm, I'm not afraid of ever of getting hurt emotionally. That's another, that was another thing going back to the relationship thing. Like, I don't like, I probably cried like a thousand times over girls from when I was five years old to the present. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck about getting, like I have friends who be like, don't want to get emotionally hurt. Do you have any issues getting emotionally hurt? Like for me, it's just like part of the game. This is a tough question for me to answer. And I don't mean for this to come across as arrogant, but like, I've never really like experienced that. I've always kind of been <laughs> <laughs> go over there and kick your dog as hard as you can. I promise you, you'll have a no, fucking you'll, you'll hate yourself. You'll hate I yourself. Shut <laughs> <laughs> I've shut his tail in the door before. There is I've oh. done it like two or three times. Oh. Dude, fucking oh. hurts. Hurts me to hear him scream like that. It's because you close it from the top instead of like a normal person and look down low. I don't I don't have time for looking down there. There's nothing good for me. <laughs> So you've never had a girl a girl break up with you or um or, or and, and been hurt emotionally like that? No, no. Oh. I'm waiting for the day. I mean, I'll, I'll go through a heartbreak. I'm not afraid of it, but yeah, I haven't yet. Yeah, so it's hard for me to it's hard for me to speak on that. Yeah, my I, I mean, remember my first one was in the sixth grade. Man, it fucking hurt. Really? Yeah, but you it was good it. for me. What? You remember it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally remember. I remember coming, be crying on the couch and putting my head in my mom's lap and just, I was just wailing, just wailing. But I think it made me like emotionally very, um, question strong, like in a healthy you, way, like to navigate. I'm used, like I'm used to it. Yeah. I'm comfortable. Right. Be, I'm comfortable being hurt. Do you two questions? Do have you ever been the one to like break the heart? To like to to do yeah that yeah yeah I've else? heard tons of girls yes yes I've heard actually, yes that hurt just yeah that much, sucks right? too yes it's a different kind of hurt it's like you yeah. don't want to you know that yes. that's the right decision but you don't want to see that person go through what you know they're about to go through for me mostly it's just I was just dating too many girls that's they would always get hurt I have like ten fucking girlfriends. And, and like, and you know what I mean? And that, and that hurt and that people don't like that. Yeah, they definitely don't. Um, <laughs> you gotta be a little careful about how you first with all them. And I would feel horrible. I would feel horrible hurting their feelings. Horrible. Horrible. Do, do you though? You had to yeah. You had to have been like, yeah, they're going to fucking find out eventually. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would never even hide it. Love that. I would never even yeah. hide it. This, listen, you can't be a pimp and be hiding that shit. No, no. I learned at a young no age, if you're going to have five girlfriends, they all have like, there can be no hiding. You can't, you can't, um, you can't be, dude, I, I'll tell you crazy stories. I, I went to school at UC Santa Barbara. Do you know what, do you know what that is? UC Santa Barbara. Yeah. 
And there's a town there called Isla Vista. And it's, it's a half square mile with 20,000 students just sitting on the beach in the middle of fucking nowhere, just sitting on the beach. And I would be like just at a outside, you know, like bar area and with one of my girlfriend, you know, getting drunk and eating. And another one of my girlfriends would come and then she'd sit down and join us. Yeah. Yeah. And then another one. And it would just be like, I would just be, and I, part of me was like, this is so fucked up. But another part of me is like, I'm game. I'm like, yeah, it's like tiptoeing through a bunch of mousetraps. But you're like, I made it. You're like, yeah, I'm, this is <laughs> yeah, I'm game. Like, this is just like, all right. Like, this is like, yeah, of course this is going to happen. And yeah, uh, yeah just I was with just was act cool, student. act calm. Like nothing's weird. Just just act yeah. normal. <laughs> like the fire going all around you. Like, yeah, just fire. got your arm on. Just just hang. Just hang. Be nice to everyone. I was with um, the two girls that I have like dated dated. I was with them for two the one was like two and a half years. The other one was like all the way through high school and college. And those were experiences where it was like, you know, we like there needs, this needs to, you know, feelings have changed and things need to go their ways. But like doing that to somebody that you've spent the last, however many years with that is, that's where it gets like, I don't want to do this, but I know I have to do this, but I don't want to do it. Um, it that's a tough one, but I'm just kind of getting into that realm of, being a little bit more like you so if i need any advice i'm going to come to you as far as like all right hey, honesty how do i, how do I tell honesty, my is, girlfriend, so. honesty is everything and just being cool honesty the problem is too your your generate i think it's your generation i mean you can tell me they're too demanding there's too a instant. too demanding demanding like as this, this, as nece- like, this necessity for constant communication ah uh, yeah, yeah, texting, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that that it, 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 it's not it's not acceptable it's not acceptable to me that's what i was that's what i meant by like instant like you want like an instant uh gratification or like an instant response or instant um validation of your feelings which is hard and i've tried to be as upfront with people as i can be to say hey I'm going like I'm doing something that is super selfish. I know that I don't make time for anybody else. And if you're cool with that, cool. But don't say that you're cool with it. And then three weeks later, be upset with me for not texting you back within a three hour. Like it, I, I yeah. could go until the end of the day before I, I message you back or before I, you know, give you a FaceTime call or whatever it is. But like, if, that's what you're wanting you can't look here for it i'm not going to give that to you um that book then that sets you up for failure right right that book that you recommended to me how champions think he brings up the topic and it's it's, it's it's maybe he'll bring it up again but it's a topic i bring up with a lot of a lot of athletes a lot of like like whenever i have champions on like i had alexander volkanovsky on or i've talked to fraser about it or just whoever i've even talked to rich about it um uh how Wait, do you how do you, you have volkanovsky on yeah and aljermaine sterling and last week's main event you know what someone said to me the other day now you got me off on tangent someone said someone told one of my mutual friends sevon only um sevon can't get any real ufc fighters on like of the last 15 ufc fights or something 10 of them I've had the fucking guy on the main card on my show. Next week, there's a guy, Armin 
um, Surakian fighting on the main card for UFC. He was on my show. Yeah. He doesn't do any fucking interviews. He's the fucking greatest 150 pound, five pound fighter alive right now. He would, I, I, it's either him or Islam, but he will fuck anyone up. And I had him on my show a couple weeks ago. And it's like, people, who, that, that guy who said that, he, I had a fucking cock slap him. But anyway, I got him getting a little riled up. Well, no, that's fair, but yeah, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> Volkanovski wasn't that's a great that, interview. Man. He was he was guarded. Yeah, kind of have to be. He was he was guarded. Um, I was going to ask you something about um, emotional girls. Oh, yeah, in that book, in that book, um, how champions think. I always wonder. To be with a champion, whether you're the husband or the wife, you have to understand. I, I used the bald eagle thing, the, the uh, metaphor the other day. It's basically like if you want to be with a bald eagle, you cannot cage it, or else everything you loved about this bald eagle will be gone. That dude just soars. That's what he does. He soars, he kicks ass, he steals fish from bears, he fucking beats up coyotes. He's a fucking bald eagle. And if you put him in a cage, then you're not going to have what. And so there's these, there are these mates out there. They exist. I have one um, that um, they know how to exist with bald eagles. They know how to exist with people who just have fucking really strict habits, crazy discipline, and persistent um, go getters. And they exist. And it's just like this. If I was, let's say, let's say you're dating a girl and she texts you and then you don't text her back like in 24 hours, she need they need to come to terms with the fact that they want something and not project it onto you and be like, Hey Matt, I just want to let you know, I miss you. I love you. Um, hit me up when you can just be confident in yourself to just bug you again. Don't put it on you and be like, Hey asshole, I text you an hour ago. No, no, that's not going to work. Right. And that's, that, that pushes me away. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not going to own it. Take a second, but that, that might be how you feel. Hey, this motherfucker's not texting me. Take, take a few deep breaths, meditate, let the script flipped. It will naturally, it always flips up for anyone who does some mindfulness and you'll realize it's you who wants something. And so put it back Mm -hmm. on yourself. Be like, Hey baby, I hope everything's okay. If you need something, you know, I'm here for you. Um, call me. I'm, I'm super flexible. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of what I'm looking for, right? Is like, I want another bald eagle. Like, yeah, I yeah. Want you to when you're flying there. through my hood, let's go catch some fish together. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, you go out there and you kick ass at whatever it is that you love, and like, you chase your dreams and you be about it, and I will support you a hundred percent. Yeah. If you support, like, if we can, we can coexist, supporting each other, becoming the best versions of ourselves. But when you get into that kind of shit, where it's like. Oh, you didn't text like, oh, that's funny. You you know, you made a post on Instagram, but she can't text me back. Like, oh, fuck you. It's like, dude, now like like that's for to me, that's like showing that you're setting yourself up <laughs> or that you're gonna set this relationship up relationship up for failure, you know, being codependent on me for that stuff, right? Like you you need me in order to feel validated with your feelings. Like you can't just go through your day feeling the way you feel. Like you you want me to um, you know, to, to tell you that I like you or to, you know, to, to know that I'm there for you. And it's like, no, I've showed you plenty of times, but I think a lot of couples, what about, this is something I never had to deal with, but I bet you a lot of couples, they get, um, young couples. And and I know some games athletes who've had, had this struggle. They have girlfriends and their girlfriends are upset because they don't 
put their girlfriends on their Instagram. And all I that had shit conver- just... I had this conversation recently. You did? Um, yeah, if I had that like- feeling that my wife didn't put me on her Instagram, do you know what I would do with it? I would push it down. <laughs> I would yeah. not let that come out. I know that the like, conventional wisdom is not to push shit down. I'd push that shit down. Because you wouldn't want to seem needy or. That's part of it. Because you don't think it's like a valid thing to be upset at. That's the other part. Yeah. I don't think that's a reason to be upset either. Um, I get how the insecurity creeps in. I'm not blaming myself oh, for, for sure. having it, but I don't want to give it life and tell her because you start to do that and then it and then it turns into you're at the gym with this person oh this the you're 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 training with you know these ladies these attractive people or oh you went and did this with this person and you got dinner you know or oh you're texting this person is it just about crossfit or is it about that like then it and, and then yeah you just turns into something bad i'm gonna tell um this to some girls out there who have men who are there's the truth is, is I think most of the time we would rather be doing nothing than being with you. And so when you say that shit, like you were with this girl or you did this, it's, 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 it's doubly painful and annoying because we don't even want to fucking be there with those people. We'd rather fucking be curled up on a couch, fucking with you somewhere watching TV. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, That's the worst is when you're when you're getting drilled for shit and it's like, dude, I don't want to be doing that shit. Yeah. Or yeah, like this is a job. You yeah, hope this that is people a job. treat it yeah. professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Just like let let me go do my job. Like I don't come to you at, at work and be like, Oh, are you talking to this coworker? Are you in the meeting with this person? It's like, nah, that shit doesn't matter. Same way that it does I get it why it could matter in CrossFit or why it could be seen a different way, but no, nah, when you look at it black and white. Yeah, like I would if I was if I was with somebody, that would be the feeling is like, yeah, I would rather be spending time with you, but I'm here doing the things I need to do to get towards my dream. So if you're gonna bust my balls about if you're gonna bust if if you're gonna give me a hard time and make me stressed out about what I'm trying to do for a living and then I'm gonna come back and have to like reason with you to make sure that you feel like I love you. Uh, that's not something I can sustain. Like I can't hold on to that and chase my dream. Who, who do you work out with? Every, who's in there every day? Who do you see? Like if you go to the gym, will you go to the gym today? Not today. Oh. Um, maybe. And, and then when you go in there, who will you see? Will you see um, Justin? Is, is um, he in there? He is there. I would say like 80% of the time. There's a couple days of the week that he's not there, um, but most days he's there. So actually probably closer to like 90. How about Carrie Pierce? Carrie has been rocking her power abs, like just taking people's money. So she's not in the gym as much. She's been coming in recently. That makes um, me so happy to hear that. She's killing it. She's doing so good. And like, she's the most deserving of that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, uh, how, how about, um, uh, Danielle Brandon, if you go and do see her? Uh, yeah. How about Bethany? No, don't see Bethany. Oh, he froze. I think. You there? 
Oh, I froze. Oh, shit. It's me. My internet went down for a second. Are you there? I'm there. I'm here. Oh, how about Bethany? I don't see Bethany anymore. No? No? No. No. Did she, is, she, is she part of the underdogs athletics team? Um, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Um, you're not supposed to talk about it. I just don't know enough. Okay. And fair. that's probably something that's better left for them to explain. Um, whatever it is. Okay. Uh, who, who, who else do you see if you go into the gym? Uh, I see Alex. She's Alex? In there every day. Uh-huh. Um, I see Allie Scuds and her boyfriend, Raph. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What's Raph yeah. doing? Why is he in there? Is he training? Does he want to go to the games? Yeah, he's trying to put together a team. Which, if they do, it would be fucking good. Savage. Raph is a stud, dude. Raph is a beast, and he's been Quadzilla. Quadzilla. Dude, I know, but he's had <laughs> knee problems. He hasn't been able to squat. Oh. This is crazy. Listen to this. Okay. This man did not squat for like four or five months because of these knee problems. Came into quarterfinals and PR'd his squat clean. He hit 347 <laughs> after not squatting for four months. And he was upset at the like I get it. He he didn't make it to semifinals, which I understand was upsetting. But I, I like looked at him and wanted to like smack him in the face because I was like, dude, you haven't been able to train this and you just hit a lift that most people don't even fathom hitting. Like you PR'd and you're upset at that. Like what is ha? Ah. He's a great dude. I love hey, Ralph. Can the knees over toes guy? I've only met him a couple of times and I loved him too. He was so easy. Can the knees yeah. over toes guys um help him? They've helped me. They have? I've been telling I've been telling Raph to walk backwards and do the the tibs and the calves and all the stretching and he's been doing it. He's been getting better at it. Um yeah. Okay. So um Danielle, Alex, Gazan, um, Allison Scuds, um, Raph. Um, who else do you see like, you know, 50% of the time you go in there or more? Um, soon Ricky. So that, yeah, soon Ricky. Um, and that's kind of our, that's kind of our, like, you know, elite level crew. Um, we, we've got some people that are, you know, that are working towards getting there, um, that are still in the gym every day, busting, busting it and getting after it. Um, we've got like, we've got this one guy, his name is Dan. He's a beast or he's just a, he's a great dude to have at the gym. He's like, he's kind of just like the random, uh, I'm trying to think of like a good character that he would be like, or like a good, um, example of what kind of character he would be. But he's just kind of this dude that'll like come in. He's not, he's not like, doesn't train for CrossFit, but he'll like come in, throw down with us, like fucking, you know, rip all the workouts that we do. He'll be dead tired. He'll do like three workouts. There's like three days of that working out, like have a blast, like be talking shit to us the whole time, making us laugh, like making us just enjoy the session. Um, and then he'll dip out for like a week and then come back in, do the same thing, dip out. Um, see, we've got, we've got people like that. And then, you know, obviously like the coaches at Camp Rhino, um, some of the members that are training either during the open gym time or just train, you know, at the little tail ends of when we're in there. So what's Camp Rhino? Camp Rhino is the CrossFit gym that we're at. Okay. The reason why I was asking I see, you, say I see, uh, Shannon Scheffler, the one who commented. Yeah, um, she's probably listening right now. I see her every day as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of people. Is she an athlete? What does she do? Yeah, she's a she's a masters athlete. She's a stud. Um, she took this year off of of quarterfinals for 
a personal reason, but she's a teacher. She's it's really cool. She she teaches um, at, at one of the schools here in Las Vegas, and she has created a program that is part of their curriculum. I believe it's like a, a it's an elective that they can take, but she does CrossFit at school. So like has a full rig, has what dumbbells, grade? bumper plates. Like I believe it's middle school. So wow. like six to eight. Yeah. And she wow. does that throughout the year. And it's like literally, like I said, one of the classes that they teach and she, you know, takes them through fundamentals, takes them through workouts, changes their movement patterns, all that kind of stuff. It's really, Dude, really she's, cool. Yeah. She's giving them a gift. They're going to have their whole life. Mm-hmm. It's really special. I wish that I could be more involved with it. Um, I, sometimes I would get a, have a class in college or high school, or I'd have a job or something. And whenever there would be someone who, excuse me, there would be someone there who I was always happy to see. So like in the second grade, there was this kid, Jeff Holman. And I just, I would loved going to school because I just loved playing with him. I was like, oh, Jeff's here. And if the Daisy wasn't there, I felt like, like I was ready to go home. Like if he wasn't mm-hmm. there, it didn't happen often, but I'd be like, this fucking sucks. What am I like? Why am I here today? Yeah. Um, is it, is it like that? Are there people like, is it like that? Do you kind of feel like you need yeah. that at your, you know what I mean? Like you see Carrie there and she kind of lifts you up or you see Shannon there or you see Scuds there yeah. or you see Raph there and you kind of get like, Oh yeah, yeah. My friends are here. Yeah. Yeah. They, there are definitely people that bring that energy or just bring that like comfort yeah. to the gym. Um, Dan is definitely one of them. Um, Shannon for sure. Cause she's, she's been, she's been like there for me through a couple of like difficult times throughout this year that have just like made me appreciate her and, and her presence. Um, and, you know, obviously each teammate's going to bring something different as well. So like, but at the same time, you understand that these teams, that the, the teammates that I have are like on an individual pursuit as well. Right. So like if they're upset or if they're frustrated or whatever, like I kind of let them go through that stuff because like, I understand for myself, if I'm frustrated about something or whatever, like having somebody, you know, to keep you in line is one thing, but to like come over and like always be checking on you or like know everything about your business. Like that's a little bit too much um, for, for me to share with everybody. But you know, whenever it's people that can keep it a little bit lighthearted or like keep it in focus for me, like Dan's a great example because, you know, Dan will go out in the summertime here in Vegas and work from 5am until 3pm or whatever 10 hours is like he starts at five works until middle of the day um, with 40 pounds of crap on his, on his chest. Like he's a contractor carpenter. So he'll like be out in the middle of the sun stuff strapped on his chest. And then he'll like come in and work out with us. And if there's days where I'm like, you know, getting starting to bitch about something or starting to get a little soft or whatever it is, like, you know, or just like the things that I talk about and, and that I complain about whenever I complain to him about that stuff, I'm like, mm. He's got a kid. He's working to make a living and put food on on her table and make sure that she's set up for success. Like, I'm complaining about this workout. Are these really the same? And do I really need to be doing this? Nah. Like, let's let's enjoy this for what it is. Let's have a good time. Let's you know, let's talk some shit. Let's talk about whatever. Be boys, and you know, realize that this is a very good life that I live. And I think with other CrossFitters, you kind of end up, you know, you end up complaining about the same things. You end up saying, oh, this programming was tough. Oh, man, my triceps are blown up this week. And so you end up having these same, like, you know, kind of similar conversations. Whereas, like, with people outside of that, 
we rarely talk about CrossFit. Like when I talk to Shannon or when I talk to Dan, we're never really talking about CrossFit, which is great because like if there's a second where I can, you know, obviously you're focused all the time, but if there's, if there are chances for me to like let myself off of that gas pedal a little bit, that's like a great mental release for me. Like it's a great like mental relax, relaxation to where I can, you know, put things into perspective. Um, have a little bit of a personality outside of CrossFit and then come right back to it. So it's not always consuming my mind. All right. I'm going to give you something hard. Ready? Okay. That's what she said. Or he said, go ahead. <laughs> um, when, 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 when you're, when there, let's say there's like six couples and they always do shit together. And then one of the couples gets a divorce or one, or you find out that one of the husbands was cheating on the wife. It sets ripples through all the other couples. So then all of a sudden, like I'm looking at my wife being like, man, is this bitch cheating on me too? Like, like, like all of a sudden it brings like this question into, into the group. Right. It's yeah, like, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like crazy. Or um, before um, um, I, I had a boss who, who um I, who was sleeping with one of the girls, it, it was, uh, the, I don't even know if I should, how much I've talked about it on this podcast before, but there was a, I worked with these two people and they were senior people in the company and they were having, they were having sex with each other and having a relationship, but they were both married. And I started thinking about them as if their, if their life, if their home life is in chaos, then I started seeing like, I started like second guessing them. Right. I started like, I didn't judge them like ethically or morally, but I thought they're people of low integrity. They don't live honest lives. Right. And where is the, and where is the other dishonesty in their lives? And it just crept in like a disease. And I didn't, I don't mean it from any moral standpoint. I want everyone to do what they want, but like, I don't want the guy who's my Uber driver also to also know of him as an alcoholic. Right. Even, even if he doesn't drink and drive, I'm fucking tripping a little bit. Right. You know? So, I, I I think I know. Yeah. So when you have these people, Bethany, Danielle, Alex Gazan, and, uh, and I bring up Bethany for a reason, Allison Scuds, Roth, and they all have these r- relationships with Justin. And maybe one of them gets rocked or someone's leaving, like may- maybe Bethany's leaving. Um, does that, is that another reason why you, you sort of keep your shit more private? Um, like with all, and you don't want it because you don't, you don't want your boat to be rocked. Like who gives a fuck what's going on with Justin and the other athletes? You need this pure relationship with him or like, does that fuck with the boat when someone leaves? Mm. I mean, like I think the drama can, or the stories or the, yeah, I, I think that it can, <laughs> if you let it, um, you know, and, and like, obviously, Man, like that, that's kind of a, t- that's an interesting question. Um, you know, it, it is tough because like we've talked about with Justin too, he is an emotional person. So like nothing's ever, it's never just like, oh, yep, they decided to leave. Oh, yep. You know, this happened. Like, okay, we're moved on. It's like, you know, that he feels those things, you know, that he right. cares about a person. And so whatever ends up happening, whatever drama unfolds or stories get told. He's yeah he, he yeah. feels it yeah. so you feel that too but like for me what i've tried to really do is like separate myself from that even to the point where like when i know that he's upset about those things that i that don't affect me like that are happening to 
whatever other athlete or happening in his relationship with whatever other, like you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I really try not to like ask too many questions. I'm kind of just like, Oh, okay. Tough. Like keep it separate. Right. Like if he wants to feel that stuff, that's fine. Um, you know, and, and if things are happening, if, if drama's happening again, that's fine. But like I said, like, I kind of want this to be as professional, you know, as it can be. How do you or learn that? Like, how do you learn that? How do you, how, how are you like that? Oh, really? Experience. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you, well, yeah, you go through, I you hate get, that. Like, I have, you a, I have an adverse reaction to that word. You said professional. Why? I just, I just hate it. I just, that think we call just, ourselves professional. No, 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 no. Like when you say, no, no, I don't mind that. No, but when you just said, um, um, I, uh, I try to keep it professional. Like I just, I, I feel this sense of like fakeness. Not from you, I'm saying it's me. Like in my, like you. when people used you. to say, Dave Castro is not professional. I'd be like, you have fucking, you, I would get so fucking angry. Why? Because he doesn't wear a three-piece suit. You think the guy who fucking works at fucking Harvard Medical Institute is professional? That guy's a fucking scumbag. And I'll tell you 30 reasons why. Right. This guy right. fucking killed people for a fucking living. He knows what professional is. Every fucking choice he made meant life or death. Because right. because you don't recognize professional, he's not professional. No, it's because you don't recognize it. And so so that yeah, so that has nothing to do with you. Though. I'm just saying I just got I get triggered by that no, word. I'm sure. like <laughs> so, but for I get sure. it. Maybe like being emotional isn't professional, right. right? Being emotional but maybe having separation, having um being able to distance yourself from certain situations that are going to cause you to act unprofessionally, right? Or or that will yeah. cause you to act in a way that's just not really suitable for what your the goal is of you being out here. Right. Yeah. yeah your goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I respect that. I think it's tough as shit. I think that's the way you need to be. You need to do whatever it takes to get to the goal. Yeah. And I'm learning, I'm learned, like I said, I, I, through experience, I'm learning to keep all of those things as separate as I can, or like almost imagining that there's like me holding my hand out against somebody's head while stuff's trying to run at me. It's like, stay like, I'm going to keep you at bay. I'm going to keep you there. Like I'll deal with it when I need to, but, um, especially when you're in the gym, it's like, come on, we've got, we've got things to do. Like we've got workouts to hit, we've got whatever to whatever that we want to do. And, um, <laughs> look at him right here. Look how cute he is. But anyways, um, yeah, there, there has to be, there has to be a little bit of a separation. Um, I think as people, because we're with each other so much, you want to know more about them. Like I want to know, I want to know about, um, Allie and Raph and I want to know more about Bethany and I want to hear her experiences and her stories and the things that they have to teach um, but you also have to respect that like the same way that I'm not going to share everything that I'm going through they're probably not going to do the same thing either so like understand that there are boundaries to that and that separation is good because and, and like I don't know this is a little mini tangent but like I'm impressed by people that in CrossFit that date high level, like the two high level athletes, like date each other. Um, like Frederick and Annie. I, yeah. Yeah. And like, maybe the fact that he them, fucking, they, they had to decide that she's the better. I mean, I'm kind of making this up, but kind of not. They had to decide, Hey, you're the better athlete. That's what you I mean. Go. That's gotta be a tough blast to your ego. For sure. I could handle it for sure. 
But I know I, I could totally handle that. Like I don't have any of but that. If it but was I like, could, if, but, if but if I've never wife, been a high level athlete. Like, right. Yeah. Like what if your wife decided that she wanted to have a podcast and it blows up and she's like, Hey, Savon, I need you to take care of the kids. Like, yes, I'm, I'm game. Doing this I'm thing. so game. Yeah. If my wife made, yeah, I don't know if my wife made more money than and my wife has made more money than me. We've gone back and forth in our life, but if I'm, t- I'm so game, I don't have any, my identity is not like in any of that stuff, but, but, do you think but, the but that being said, I've never been at Frederick's level in anything. You know what I mean? Like, so like, how the fuck do I know? And that's he was really high, but she, he just happened to be at someone who's twice as high. I mean, they're not even comparable. Not that he's not great, but they're not even comparable. She's on another planet. She's like a Mount Mount Rushmore type of yes, yeah, like level yeah. for sure, yeah. yeah but e- even even down levels, right? Where like you're trying to reach that point and you're going through these selfish endeavors and you're making those decisions. That's got to be really hard to do with two people that are doing those same things. You know, like two people that are, and then to go into the gym together. You know, to come back home and and eat as clean as you do and to have your bedtime routines like. I hats off to you guys if you make it work, but yeah, I don't know. You think you're going to get married and have kids? Do you see that? I don't think about it. Yeah. If it happens, it happens, but I think I would like to be a dad, but like we said, there's things that I want to accomplish and until I'm ready to leave those things, to either say like, Hey, yeah, I'm okay with where I got to now. Let's start this next phase. Or if I'm like, yeah, this stuff isn't going to play out the way that I'm, uh, I wanted it to. And I'm ready to, you know, give my life to my kid. Um, like, I don't think I could make a decision until then. Cause that's what I mean. Like, and that's what we talked about. Right. But like, you are definitely at Frederick's level in filmmaking. And it, thank you, Dick butter. <laughs> I can't believe there's a guy like who listens that, to my show named Dick Butter. What? I was going to say, do you have people that come on with like the same little nickname or same little like That dude's a shit. staple. Like, that dude, yeah. Love it. That dude's always here. Dick Butter. Um, and there's a um, there's another dude named Richard Margarine. Instead of Dick Butter. <laughs> and I thought they were the same dude, but sometimes I see them talking to each other in the comments. They talk to each other? <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, there's the oh, same like amazing. 150 people here every morning. Like, so this guy's always here, Wad Zombie. This guy's always here, Corey Leonard. They're like my friends. That's kind of weird. This this lady's always here. I th- I have this lady's phone number on my phone. This guy says my he's athlete. a priest. This guy's always here, Anthony Andrew. Oh, there's Jeffrey Birchfield. He's always here. Look at Wad Zombie's given money twice. Is Matt single? single? Literally yeah. asking for a f- oh yeah, he's single. He's single. He's open to dating a lot of different people. Yep. At the same time. Be ready yes. for it. Yeah. He's going, this guy's always here. Brandon Waddell. I fight with this guy sometimes in the comments. Is there a guy named Tom? Uh, Jaren? Jaron? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Jaron the third or something. I think I fight with him sometimes. Yeah. What's funny is I fight with all these people a little bit. I don't really fight with Bruce Wayne too much. Well, I think that's why they like you is that you like have those back and forth with them i fight with them probably this this girl here this girl here so there's these three ladies 
who are like in a competition with each other to make me reels. Like I never used to have reels and now I have more reels than I know what to do with. And I told one of the other ladies, I said, why are you making so many reels? She's like, I hate the thought of the other ladies making more reels than me. I'm like, shit. Wow. You know what? I, Andrew Hiller even told, so we did semifinals, like, um, like recap shows and Andrew Hiller did all the shows with me. And there were a bunch of people who did most of the shows with me, but Andrew Kate was here every single one. And we got off the air. You're going to like this. This kind of reminds me of championship mindset, how champions think. And I go, hey, dude, I go, why are you doing all these shows with me? And he goes, I hate the thought of you working harder than me. Mm. It's like, damn. And, mm. and I have that kind of too. I hate the thought of some other YouTube dude working harder than me. I hate that. Mm -hmm. That is amazing because I love that feeling of... <clears throat> I want to feel, and I, and I think it's a, it's a never ending pursuit, but like that feeling of, yeah, I've worked harder than you because you don't yeah. know what somebody else is doing yeah. next to you. But like, yeah. whenever I take that, whenever I take that field and I'm snatching next to whoever the fuck I'm snatching next to, I want that feeling of like, you're not going to beat me because I've done this shit too many times for you to out, like for you to beat me on it. Like I've, I have put in this work more than you. And that's why I love CrossFit is because it's, it comes down to that, right? Like it kind of comes down to, hey, there's nothing special that you're doing. Like we're snatching the exact, like form is, is the exact same. Like you're, you don't have some kind of advantage. It just comes down to who has put in more work and who's willing to work harder right now. And it's just the, it's, it, it's kind of black and white in that, in that way. I lost three, I lost three business partners. Because they, we, we, I'll give you an example. We would go somewhere to do filming. And then I would call them like at six in the morning, be like, okay, hey, meet me downstairs. We'll go to, we're going to go do this. And they'd be like, oh, I'm going hiking this morning. I'm like, you're going hiking this morning. And they're like, yeah, you know, we've been working seven days straight and we're in Colorado. I want to go hiking. But, and then, and then, you know, like that happens 10 times and I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I find myself, I had a conversation with my dad about this recently. Um, <laughs> like I'm at the gym all, like all the time. Like I'm there from, you know, 10 until four or five, like I'm there the whole day. And you go to bed and, early too. I noticed I watched one of your videos, the day in the life of Delugos. You were like, okay, I'm going to go and eat and go to bed. I'm like the fucking sun's out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's what I said like, yeah, yeah, no, but I, you know, like I'm in the gym there, um, you know, and you watch, you watch, you watch people come in and out and, you know, you, you, you see different people's, uh, not work ethics because everybody works hard and everybody, you know, is chasing after that stuff. But like, there are so many, um, stones to unturn and it's like yeah it might be 95 degrees out it might be a beautiful day to go sit by the pool or like go to a pool party or go you know just take some like just be done at one o'clock for the day or two o'clock for the day um but i'm always in the mindset of like well there's probably something else that we there's probably something else that i could be doing like, there's probably something else that i could work at and like i said if i if i moved out here to you know to rush through my programming why am I out here? Like, why would I not spend a little bit more time and 
warm up for this piece a little bit longer and hit it harder and, um, you know, push my accessory work and sit in the sauna for 35 minutes instead of 30. Like, uh, you know, there are always things that you can be doing to, to outwork somebody. Um, and we're all given the same 24 hours in the day. So yeah, if I don't make the most of it, somebody else is. And when I get to the games that somebody else is probably going to be standing next to me. And I don't want to stand next to that person and say, Oh shit, you outworked me. Like you got me this year. I, I took some time off or I, you know, I left the gym at, I left the gym early these days or I left these, you know, I, I didn't do these mobility pieces or whatever. Um, Cause yeah, I, I feel like everybody that's at the games is doing all that stuff. So I want to get there and say, yeah, you've done it, but I've done it a little bit more. Um, what, 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 what's accessory work? Can you name off? Like, is there a lot of it? Is there endless? Are there 50 different things? Is accessory yeah, work like is doing curls accessory work or, or. Yeah, we do curls on Sunday. And we that would, that would be considered Sunday. accessory though, right? Yeah. But, but for me, I think of accessory as like anything that's going to supplement what I'm doing. So mobility is kind of like accessory work for me. Um, uh, doing the knees over toes guy, doing some like hip work from Vernon Griffith, um, doing some, uh, if it's like a PT, if it's things that the PT gave me, right. For like scapular wall slides or rolling out my tib and my adductor, like those little things are accessory work too. Um, how about weighted pull-ups? Weighted pull-ups, weighted dips, man, I could go down the list, strict press, RDLs, reverse hypers, like all the, all the different little movements that contribute to uh, the success for the clean or the jerk or back squat. What's the wor- What's the like least, um, not the worst, but what's the accessory work that you're just like, you have to like talk yourself into doing like, if like, I don't want to do that and I need to do that. Like L sits or like, yeah, L sits are hard, especially whenever, you know, like sometimes they'll just have us do like a max effort hold and so you're like okay i have to like i want to beat you know 30 seconds well and then you watch bethany and ali scuds do it for like a minute and a half straight <laughs> fucking perfect legs pointed feet and you're like and probably carrie pierce is probably pretty good too huh yeah, she's pretty good at those i'll, I'll say that <laughs> those girls are phenomenal um no nah, man uh dumb but like rear foot <laughs> elevated split squats bulgarian split squats least favorite most disgusting most everything else I'm, I'm pretty good with getting through, but it's those that I'm just like, cause we'll do those with heavy dumb. I actually, I can't give away the secret. Never mind. Okay. But that movement, I'm just kidding. We'll do that. We'll do that with like a, um, overhead hold. And uh, I'm trying to think it, it revolves sometimes, but it's usually like another like hinging movement. And so my legs are just like, torched and it's usually after a day that we've already squatted and i'm like this i don't want to do i don't want to pick up these 90s to hold for these bulgarian split squats but like if that little difference if that little if if making myself get through that makes the difference then you got to do it are do you do stairmaster no i want to though fraser does it right Dude, I want one so fucking bad. I want one so it's burning a hole in my in my heart. The last like I'm obsessive, and I'm I I I, I want a, a stairmaster so bad for the like condition, like for the cardio aspect of it, or like building yeah. Up? 
So I just, I just, so I spend a lot of time on the assault bike, a lot of time. I'm just looking mm-hmm. just because, because I, and I have a TV set right in front of it. And so like, that's how I do research. That's how I study. Mm-hmm. That's how like I get stuff done. So if I'm going to have someone on, I just sit there on YouTube and go through and watch stuff on them. And I spend just shitloads of time. And, um, mm-hmm. but I was thinking if I had this mm-hmm. with the T, then I could mix my game up a little bit. Yeah. Because I, mean, I just spent too, I'm too, I spent too so, much time on I ride the bike every day for fucking an hour and it's like it's getting yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta switch it up a little bit. I know Fraser or I'm pretty sure I heard Fraser yes. about being a stairmaster. Yeah. Um we have I live in in a little apartment complex. It's actually pretty nice, but they have one at the gym. So maybe you inspired me to go use it today. I wonder if you're going to, I bet you it's at a low ceiling. I wonder if you're on that top stair, if your head hits the ceiling. No, it's tall enough. Get out of here. I don't know, dude. Look at each one of those steps is like one feet, two feet, three feet. And you're six feet tall. And if they're eight foot ceilings. No, this is like a, this is like the, there's like a back, there's an entire basketball court on the oh. right side. And then this is like above it. So you can kind of like look down into it. But my head would be close in that little facility. It's not cheap. No, I wonder how much. Not, but I wonder why. I wonder how much it costs to um to uh, ship this estimated shipping. I'm going to look real uh, United States. Yeah. Um, nine. Get quote. Let's see. Oh, okay. So five hundred bucks to ship it. Fifty six hundred bucks. Um, if you're already paying $5,100 for that. Oh, no. Shipping's free. It's the tax. Look, it's the shipping's free. My bad. Oh. So Rogue ships that for free. Do you figure that they, because it's so expensive, that they're, like, I don't know how that stuff works. but I don't know either. But I know Bill, Bill, I promise I'll talk about this. Um, Mr. Henniger and Katie Henniger, I will talk about this every single day on my podcast for Three million days if you send me one of these. Let's Imagine how fit my sponsor. kids would get. What? I said, let's get Savannah sponsor for Stairmaster. Yeah, yeah. You can walk while you do your net your next few podcasts. Like once every week, you're just on a Stairmaster talking to people. And I promise I won't tell anyone you're my sponsor, so you don't have to be affiliated with all, with um, all the crass shit I say. That's right. perfect for you, then, huh? And one for my friend Delugos. Yes, there, buddies. We'll have the biggest calves. D L G O S. Nope. How do you spell it? D L U. Oh. D L U G O S. Oh, I wonder. Do I? Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I mean, who has? There's D L is such. It's so weird. There's in CrossFit. There's like one other person that whenever I type in D L, because that's always a that takes away everybody else. But there's right. one other person with the last name that's like very, very similar. It's like Delugo or it like it turns into something else, like with a W at the end of it or a Z. There's a poet named Tim Delugos. Interesting. I don't know Tim. American poet. Oh, he's dead. It's a very um, uncommon last name. What is it? I believe it's Polish. Oh shit! He died of AIDS. Hmm. He's a AIDS? poet. AIDS uh, acquired acquired immune deficiency syndrome. 
It was scary in the eighties. I believe that. I don't have that. There's been, there's only been one. You don't have that. You don't have AIDS. No, we're clear. So anybody (laughs) asking for their friends, (laughs) um, there's only been one other person that I've ever came across and she was like an actress. Um, or like now she does TikToks or something like that, but her last, her name is Courtney DeLugos. And I remember coming across her page and I was like, dad, who the fuck is this? Like, I've never seen this. Like, 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 do I related? Do we have a cousin? Like, and he kind of explained like through the little, Oh, she's hot. She's hot. Listen, I'm from West Virginia, but I can't speak on that. She, she's hot. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show you uh, for that. We'll we'll end the show with uh, Courtney Delugo. Look look at her. You're not related to her. Uh the relation is like. I think it's like one of my dad's like cousins or second cousins had a child with somebody. She looks like. I mean, she kind of looks like she could be related to you. I know. Oh my god! Another one. Okay. Hey, it's Kristen, obviously. What's up? Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you want? Not that one. Yeah. This one. Okay, there's that one. Not this one. Okay. <laughs> Three strikes and you're out, girl. Chasing the ghost. Okay. Okay. On your own time, let's anyone can it. go look at uh, Courtney DeLugos. Let's end, end it with a great, with a fantastic question. What? Uh, this is the only sound. That's the only sound I have on my soundboard. Do you ever hit somebody with that mid response? <laughs> You're just like, man, I don't give a fuck. Just like my friend, just like Matt Souza, just the, the regulars. Just the regular. You don't hit it. You don't. You don't. I would never hit it on you. If I do hit (laughs) it on you, that means you know I'm your friend. All right, perfect. Uh, we will be watching with the last chance qualifier. Um, I hope staying calm until the last workout uh, pans out for you. And I appreciate this was an incredibly um, long podcast, two hours and forty minutes. And I thanks for giving me all your time. I'm. I can't believe neither of us had to pee. I know. I didn't even think about that. But at one point you were kind of were going like this, and I'm like, oh shit, he has to pee. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I've been drinking too much water today. I literally woke up at like six forty-five. I was like, oh fuck, I gotta get on this podcast. I drank this whole thing of coffee. I have a little cup as well, a tinier one. Paper Street, I like it. Would you like to try some Paper Street coffee? I would. Okay, I'll get you some sent out. Is that a local one for you? No, it's Jersey. It's one of my sponsors. A good sponsor, nice. too. Like a fucking great sponsor. We love I, had them send, I had them send Danielle some coffee, but then she moved houses, so I don't know if she got it. And she don't give mm-hmm. a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Peace and love.